from Atlanta, Fulton County. We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Purple color, I see. Then you maintain the status. December 7th, 19th. And a question of psychopath. I love you so badly. I got me. did it tell you what man that song yeah it's a good song that song is the hook my friend some might say it's the best part of the podcast. yeah yeah <laughs> it might be but it's good it's, a, it's at the you know it's at the top it, it's a great introductory yeah. song it, that, 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 that's yeah that's that's one of the backbones of the show truly debate abound about whether it's the best part of the show though welcome in everybody <laughs> hi welcome Hello. i'm keith pazel this is my podcast we're here, we're going to watch TV, we're going to talk about the world through what is on television and yes. the events they're about. There's actually big, had a Justice League movie. True. There was the NCAA tournament. True. What else? It was, uh, what did you, what did Equalizer featuring Queen Latifah is the number one show on television? <laughs> Equalizer. There we go. Also, of course, the, uh, the, the tragedy of the week, of course, was the uh, murders at the uh, Atlanta massage parlor. Yeah. And then also massage parlors in general taken on the chin with Deshaun Watson, who you were pining for a month right. and a half ago. A month and a half ago, you literally like a little kid. You were like Bob Costas talking about Mickey Mantle and thinking about the, the Bears potentially getting Deshaun Foster. I was. Oh, my God. They're Deshaun write Foster? The <laughs> exactly. Former running back for the, for the Carolina Panthers, What's Deshaun up? Foster Let's from get Santa Harry Potter here. Let's go to this. Speaking but, uh, of said NCAA tournament. But it's good. That, cause, but he, he got... He, again, he uh, Watson has been like was arrested. Let's hear for, what the TV sounds like with effects for sexual. Oh my God, they're going to Gonzaga is Listen. by far the best team. Everything calculated. It sounds old timey. It does. <laughs> it's not. It's just sound. I've got, I've figured oh. this out. All right. <laughs> got it. My show interrupted. <laughs> it's all good, man. We're in this together. Oh, I know. But here's the goal. If if here's the plan, if it does get interrupted, I could show this on Facebook. Only YouTube copyright stuff. Huh. It's interesting. I, I, I it's an interesting man. fact I figured out. Yeah. 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 That 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 model. I'm so God. It's the modern media. It's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. I say it's incredible. But no, Deshaun Watson. I want to get back to my point on that. He got. I guess he's had several sexual assault uh, uh, claims filed against him. Right? Has he been arrested? Do you know? No, and he might even just go unscathed because it's you know it's it's the NFL. Like I don't even I don't even think people are talking about it. So I got a text in the group chat like, "Oh yeah, twenty two people have accused him of doing the basic dong out. Like it's there, you might as well touch it." Oh, okay, interesting. And apparently he's the done it. Dong out. He's done it as early as this month. Ooh, ooh he was still so he, he's been yeah he's been yeah he okay. celebrated the trade rumors by 
going to it's a massage therapist. Well, I'm telling you, that's got to be like I bet you this is all part of the whole thing. Here, I'm like, gonna fade out. Keep talking. I'm gonna of, fix going your camera. After, you know, I think this is all part of his. I mean, probably management's plan to like smear his character, <clears throat> to lower his trade value, maybe get him out of the league. That does seem you know, like maybe, some maybe, Christian maybe. shit. Or because yeah, they're run by like a Christian. <clears throat> well, also just Jack yeah. Easterby. Yet also trying to make yeah like a business decision, you know. I mean that that Gonzaga that's, is thumping fucking Norfolk State. But yeah, Gonzaga's great. We'll just do a quick score by. It's all good, man. Quick score by. Yeah, the Big Ten was took it on the chin yesterday. Texas Redeem, and Ab at what Abel Christian, Abigail Christian, uh, no, ACU. Abilene, Abilene, Abilene. So this is a Texas matchup in the episode of Deadwood where they're trying to fucking. Uh, frame uh in wild but when wild bill hickok gets yeah, fucking murdered and they're trying to frame the murder and they tell the guy no you had a brother from abilene i had a brother from abilene wow yeah wasn't that just a great show it one was of fantastic. my favorite one of my favorite shows of all time and don't know that about us as far as episodic to ian mcshane in that is so good swearingen is so good he's just such a hard ass you know i, I heard each of those episodes cost three million bucks to make yeah, they were like small movies. That's essentially why they canceled it because they were like, it's it costs too, too much, much money for yeah, it to make. Absolutely, that guy who wrote on the Hill Street Blues and was also Doing a my frat three inch brother. Rule. This is my three inch rule, and also the smell my fingers. Okay, <laughs> learning mic. Fuck technique. yeah, man! There you go. Fuck yeah. Texas is pretty good. Shaka Smart coaches them from Madison, Wisconsin. That sounds like a warlord. Yeah, Shaka Smart. Exactly. Like, like some sort of uh, East Asian, maybe like a warlord, maybe. Shaka smart. Yeah, you know, like definitely. Got, you know, a certain like uh, it looks like it just it's a floating tiki coaching a <laughs> basketball team. Well, I was thinking one of those like uh, samurai helmets. You know what I mean? Those like very dramatic looking samurai helmets. But uh, but again, I watched yesterday my University of Wisconsin Madison, my alma mater, where I graduated from in 1991, 30 years ago, which is. Terrifying. 30 years ago is the new 15 years ago. That's what they say. You know what I'm no, saying here? 30 years ago feels like. Hey. <laughs> I like the sound effects. And tell uh, it down, let you tell your story. Yeah. You know, but yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. What was I talking about with college basketball? Was that what I was going to come up with? Uh, that you're feeling young and spry and that you could be yeah. out there with the boys. No, is what you're saying. Not. I could not. Watch Wisconsin. Uh, and and I, I have not been impressed by them this entire season. I, I, I've described them as Charmin soft, sort of like the millennial generation. I described them as the right heart, the right views, very good politics. Charmin soft. Look, you kids got the Charmin right. Charmin soft. You kids got you boys got the right beliefs, but you're just not there. So, so yeah, I, I didn't believe in the in in the Badgers all year, and they took the North Carolina Tar Heels, a storied program, to the woodshed yesterday. They destroy. Uh, they they dissected them. By, um, by, they beat them by 23 points. They were head pillar to post, and I, I was shocked. I was completely shocked. They play Baylor now tomorrow. Baylor is a number one seed. They're one of the best teams in college basketball. Baylor's got a good athletic program. All those Texas schools, man, they got that money. They got that money, and they're putting it into those programs. You know, they all got good Division One sports. VCU's the first COVID, uh, the first COVID uh, casualty. Oh, really? Today. Oh, yeah. did, they, did they cancel? Virginia Commonwealth had to withdraw from the NCAA tournament, but I wonder if that's going to cause like a like a chain reaction. Wow! Wow! So yeah, so the, I guess the team they played just advanced automatically. Yep, they advanced to the second round automatically. That is where Shaka Smart used to coach at VCU. Then the University of Texas, I'm sure, brought out a wheelbarrow filled with money. A lot of money, I think, to get him to go to Texas. 
So he is there now, you know. Uh, yeah, and they'd have to be desperate for Texans to listen to a guy named Shaka. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people of color in the state of Texas. You know? Oh yeah, so, I mean, and they're all the playing high, and they're all playing high school sports. They get them, they you know, they're there for a reason. Man, they got yeah, the, and those university sports down there, they run a t- Baylor University. Their football stadium, three hundred and fifty million dollars, brand new football stadium for college football. Three hundred and fifty. That that's a lot of money for a college football stadium. That's a it lot. Is. Of money. they make you know? it though? They made it. Uh, of course, absolutely. So yeah, but I, it was fun watching the University of Wisconsin take the University of North Carolina to the woodshed yesterday. Uh, be, they beat them with their Aryan style of basketball. You know, just, uh, shooting the underhand grandma uh, and, and style, just, and just picking you to death, and always high freeing white a socks, guy up. High top Converse. <laughs> they Gene are, Hackman coaching. They are a Caucasian. Just team. describing the movie Hoosiers, by the way. You know, and, and they grip that ball. They white knuckle that ball. They do not turn it over. They pass the ball four times on every offensive possession, and they looked great. They. If you haven't played against them before, I don't care if you're more talented. You're just you're gonna get dissected by them because their their system they run it so well. <laughs> Pass the ball. Overdue John Davidson. Yeah, John Davidson is a guard, and also uh, uh, Demetrius Trice is a guard. And Davidson, who shot thirty three percent from the field this year, That's this bad. year thirty three percent. Good. He 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 was tw- twenty nine points yesterday. He shot like seventy five percent from the field, eighty percent. See where we're field. at in Goodfellas. You know, VH one is just they're not music anymore, right? It's uh, just it, no it's, music. Yeah, it's sort of like what MTV became 15, 20 years ago, 15, 30 Channel years ago. Maybe. Available. This is when you perhaps know it was thirty years probably ago. Probably the internet. There's no way we don't get VH one. Oh my god, it's crazy. I am here. Let's go in the random. This is freeform network. This is a gayer channel. Okay. And this is called I feel pretty. Uh Oh, whoa. Yeah. I think we're going to watch this. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Holy shit. Wow. I said it's the gay channel and they immediately yeah, just have, oh, it's Amy Schumer. Oh, I know what this is. She's all fat and she's oh, going yeah. to be in the show. Exactly. Is, oh yeah, yeah, and they have like a thing. He's like some what indie comic is that? You know, I think that's uh, Cor, uh, Corey uh, fucking beards. It's probably her chef husband. Oh, that's David Tell. David Tell getting a paycheck. Hell yeah, he's getting a paycheck. You know, I, I followed him once in New York when I very first on stage. Stand-up. Yeah, yeah, he. Did I thought stand-up. you meant like around town. He absolutely killed. He killed and i was like that's a far hard act to follow like nine nine months in my act was terrible it went nowhere i bombed in front of friends of mine at the boston comedy shop in new york City. boston comedy club 1994 oh wow that's early did you see old jimmy norton no no i i, I don't know again i, I followed david tell i know for a fact and he just i mean everything he did it was just explosive laughter explosive well, yeah laughter. he's one of the greatest comics ever you know yeah he, he knows what he's doing I saw him. He was in Chicago. I think he'd sold out whatever it was, some theater there, the mega theater. I don't know what it was. Uh, he was there for back-to-back nights, and I was driving down North Avenue. It's like in Spinal Tap. We we it's at the uh, Normo Dome or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's or something, you know, some place. Some pl- he was selling out fifteen hundred people a show. I'm sure. And so uh, I'm on North Avenue. It's February in Chicago, so it's cold. He, I, I saw him. He's like smoking a cigarette. He looked totally hunched up and just like, like all, uh, and I didn't have a hat on and was smoking a cigarette. And, and I rolled my window down. I was like, a towel. And he's like, he kind of just like, oh, I put his hand up. He looked like the most miserable 
uncomfortable human being I had ever seen. Well, he is. He's he always was, worried about he's he's always worried. He'll call you at like four in the morning, I heard, and ask if you've done a joke. Like, do you have a bit like this? Because he's so insecure about stealing material from people. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah that, that, he's a ball of insecurity. Oh, well, unfortunately, that's what that isn't. That, that's sort of the <laughs> isn't that one of the fundamental emotions that makes being a great comic? And, and, and I don't want to be that way. I don't, I don't want to be, you know. Uh, I, I don't want to feel those horrible, insecure feelings. There's a point where you want to get some experience and you're not, you're not feeling that way so much. So I think I'm better in that regard. But in my 20s, insecure human being. Insecure Amy human Schumer being. getting all sassy in the yep. background. Does there that turn go. you on? Uh, me? No. I don't think she's super unattractive. I'm not a big Amy Schumer, like anti. She's a no. fucking fat pig. No. You know, she she's is funny. It is fitting that she was like her being the mayonnaise spokeswoman is like perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. You know, she's not gross, but, you know, she it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It fits. It fits. Yeah, I agree. A tell with his Hawaiian shirt. Just being a dirty old man. Those are the roles you get offered as a great comic. You're going to be dirty old man. <laughs> Basically doing a, yeah, a wet t-shirt. Con- wet t-shirt contest in the early 80s was a thing. I remember being a little kid back then and like wanting to go to a wet t-shirt contest. It's like, oh, my God, you're going to see boobs when I was like 13. Again, that weird age, 11 to 14 when I was a huge. The kid. outline of boob too, not even real boob. Oh, you would see. Oh, it was all real back then, baby. I'll well, it's still all real now. I mean, you're in reality. This is real. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is going on right now. This is real. Absolutely. You know, but whoa, look at those women. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that I, I was watching a little NCAA basketball tomorrow. 1140 Pacific Coast time. I will watch the University of Wisconsin play Baylor University. Big so Texas, Baylor, that. Texas. Oh, Illinois is playing Loyola Chicago tomorrow too, which I think will be a. That's going to be huge. A little, little. I mean, not a rivalry, but like a little uh, domestic battle. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Loyola is good, and Illinois can win it all. That Porter Moser guy is apparently up for the Minnesota job. Oh, oh, the guy who's the coach of Loyola. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, they well, Minnesota. To- Rick Pitino's kid. Went to the University of New Mexico, where all Big Ten has been. Well, the reason that's interesting is because he's a Jesuit guy, Porter Moser. So they figured he'd go to somewhere like Xavier or something like that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so he he really works that Jesuit angle. I always had respect for the Jesuits. You know, I was with the Jesuits. I don't even really know what it is, essentially. I'm not totally clear. She could tell us. But I I know like... What is a Jesuit? It's a sect of the Catholic Church. What is a Jesuit? So it's just like Catholic light, basically, right? No, it's, it's part of the Catholics. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's like like the the Capuchin monks, like a different sort of subset. You know, it's definitely related to the Catholic Church. But there's much more of a, of a as I think of it, like a Vince Lombardi was a big Jesuit, big Jesuit guy. And they're very much into like sort of being teachers. Taking a knee, praying to the big guy before the game but, and stuff but, like that. No, but, but like teaching people, like every single person is sort of a unique soul. And you got to teach a real kind of intense, rigorous intellectual discipline. It's definitely the intellectual side, I think, of like the Catholic Church, you know. That's why when they went against uh, Galileo and said he should get 10 years of house arrest in the 17th or 16th century, 17th century, you know, they, they, they were culpable also, probably 16th century when that happened. Again, that classic issue of uh, not trusting science, you know. I think I told you, Keith, I got a friend who's a doctor in Madison, Wisconsin, and he told me he's been so busy this past year, and he has had literally, Keith, literally he's had a couple hundred people when he shows them the result. They're in the ICU, and he has the paper saying, you have COVID. You're positive oh, they don't for COVID. Believe it. They're just like, no, no, this is a flu. Yeah. Hundreds of people. 
He says it drives him up a wall. He actually likes putting the tube down their throat because they don't speak. I think she likes at doing some that. point when the vaccine gets kicking, actually, I think you're going to get to a point where you're just going to have to like treat it like any other stupidity where you're just like, all right, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, get, I mean, it's yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're slowly but surely getting there. There are rays of hope, you know, again, the end of the beginning, not the beginning of the end. The end of the beginning. Look at you with the life lessons. You know, exactly. Well, I'm a wise man. I'm 51 years old. I've learned a thing or two about life. I mean. (laughs) You're young old. You're young old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trust me. In other words, very immature. So that. uh, (laughs) You're about as yet. You're feeling spry like this raptor in the cage here. I feel good. I I golfed twice. I golfed on Friday. I golfed on Saturday. You know, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling I'm in good shape, making a little money driving. You know, I'm in a good headspace, you know. Have you been I would pref- like oh. to do a compilation of how many times you've said you're in a good headspace <laughs> on this show. Well, I'm trying to give a positive energy, my friend. You know, that's and, the converse. That's part that we need to add that to the conversation <laughs> dial. Exactly. You know, but I am, you know, it's uh, I, I want to work with you, man. You know. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. I'm just making fun of you. So I was watching. I watched the second episode of the Alan Farrow uh, documentary on HBO Max. Cause, oh, is that the uh, one for... Oh, for you said Alan Farrow, like it's like the one person. What's well, like Alan versus yeah, Alan versus Farrow. What do you think Farrow about that? Alan? We'll put Goodfellas on. We'll Absolutely. talk about this it's Woody Allen one. shit, huh? Uh, it was you know I watched the first episode probably two. Oh, weeks we don't ago. get VH1 apparently. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Two two weeks ago, I watched the first episode and I was like, you know, they were doing a it's it's pretty good direction. I mean, I, I think they're not trying to be sensationalist, like, sensationalize it. They're trying to be kind of very sober about it, you know. Uh, I, I know that uh, Woody Allen's attorney immediately issued a statement saying it's a hatchet job. You know, immediately had to put something up on. Well, that. it's definitely from like. Well, it's Mia Farrow's perspective, but it, it's, well, yeah, it's, it's, defi- pretty accurate. it's definitely about one a- aspect of it. Like it's not I wouldn't even say it's a documentary about Woody Allen. It's it's a documentary where they're saying the the point of this is to prove that he is a child. Molester. He's, he's, a, he's a pedophile. Yeah, a, I mean, I, I'm still in the camp of he's creepy. That like he oh they go into this one story that like, makes it, it the one hinge for me is that chick has for decades been like I'm not I'm fine I'm not saying anything it was all consensual well here, you know here's what's interesting about it is that when the story first came out which I can't believe it's he is creepy though ago, by the way oh there's no doubt Annie about Hall it. still a great movie uh but but it is yeah oh absolutely as and is I think Manhattan that's the one that's the least petty pedo of of all of his movies i well, feel like they put that in the second episode where they talk about, about he's got how this great pattern. is no about about the pattern of having young women that he's always like, talking about in his movies there's like six or seven clips from different movies obviously manhattan which is my favorite woody allen movie that that's a fundamental plot line of the movie is it basically him being in love with a 17 year old when he's 42 but what's creepy about this the, the whole uh his daughter marrying his daughter that's creepy enough but you know they weren't blood related blah 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 but she was young very naive but he had a daughter who was like, I don't know, maybe three or four years old that he fucked. And it's like, that's just really, really, really fucked up, obviously. But, but they, they, they do, a, I think they do a pretty good job of kind of building that argument, you know, but he had a daughter, Dylan, that he just basically focused on a lot and she did not like being around him. And, and, and he ended up, uh, there was an incident in the attic where he took her up in the attic one time. And basically had sex with her, you know. And they, you know, Dylan is like, yeah, I remember that. I was, 
like four years old and I remember this it happening. Woody did this? Yeah, Woody Allen did this. You know, when like Mia Farrow and a friend of hers who were like watching after the kids left for a short errand. See, I didn't know you that. Know? Oh, See, oh, all the, they all go the stuff that. I've listened to where people are criticizing it, they're saying that they're, compl- is they're just like, yeah, they're using his movies to say he was a pedophile. I, I, I don't really, I, I don't, I think that's one of the points that buttresses his sort of personality but that's not the main focus of it i mean they they, i think that you know mia farrow's interviewed a lot in it but also friends of mia farrow the kids are interviewed a lot and they're all in their 30s now i mean they're like adults they're functioning adults you know and it's isn't uh old boy frank sinatra's kid who who ronan farrow that's don't a they good say point. He's, like, because he's definitely, I think he's even said, like, I don't think I'm biologically Woody Allen's son. Well, I mean, he's just raised by him. Like, he, that's how, he's like the raised by father. Yeah. Well, he, I think that he was, because uh, uh, they were married for two years, Pharaoh and uh, and Sinatra were, when she was like 22. I was going to say, Woody Allen, look what the, look, all this happened in two years. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I mean, I, I know that, he, I mean, I think she had, you know, she had adopted several kids. I mean, you know, they had an eccentric life in many ways, you know. That they were married. They weren't really married. They were not married. They they were like common law, but they lived in different apartments. Doesn't Mia Farrow have like a whole like nation of adopted children now? Well, I, I think she was. Well, she had adopted like three different Asian kids. I mean, they had like a seven kid family. I mean, she was like, I always wanted to have a big family, you know. And she had some through natural birth, and then obviously some. Well, would he just throwing a dartboard at the fucking countries? Well, he was. I mean, no, but but he wasn't involved in a lot of those decisions. Like he kind of came into it. Rick Steves is Europe. You what know, this is the best way to do it they they, they think differently in europe yeah put on a program where they would probably accept woody allen yeah well i don't know it's no man i'm telling you i'll go live in the alps <laughs> and do it they uh the, the whole stuff with his daughter dylan is genuinely disturbing oh it's yeah it's genuinely disturbing she's she's a child and and, and that was his i didn't like watching that i i, I, just, I i'm not into it you know? yeah you i mean did it's, it's, it's well done yeah you I'm not did it. and you rewound it you know, <laughs> and you watched it again and you're here Over. talking about it and you sound like you love it. It's a, it's a well-produced documentary. Look at that, man. Look at Northern Italy. It just looks beautiful, doesn't it? Well, yeah, they haven't touched it. I mean, in general, I was with uh, one of my friends one time in Chicago and we were just driving around and uh, he was talking about how he went to Spain recently and I, and he was like, oh, it was so beautiful. And I was like, it's funny how. You were in Madrid and this is Chicago and you would Madrid and Chicago are both as global cities as each other. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look at Madrid versus Chicago, Chicago looks like a shithole. <laughs> like ever. I was like every American city probably looks garbage compared to oh, compared to most Europeans. And the, well, I would he agree. was even saying, too, he was like, it isn't even the dirty. I was like, look at this graffiti everywhere. And yeah. he was like, but they also don't modernize as much. Yeah. They keep the old exterior like inside everything looks modern but yep. everything still has that colonial spin to it yeah and that kind of Here, facade yep. america rebuilds itself every 15 years no exactly i mean when i, when I think of like kind of pretty cities i i would i would say look at them fucking there's nowhere you can go just go yeah there would the only place you can find here in america is a place that sells these items <laughs> to rich people you know it is spain is beautiful man spain's cool it's a great the people are looking um, we got rick steves here talking about adorning it. the walls feature only one family the noble german family that has owned the castle the spanish and the germans man they've always had a connection that fascist thing went on in the spanish civil war franco you know he was very much uh hitler gave him a bunch of money and goods and stuff and airplanes and soldiers and you know during the spanish civil war because spain was genuinely anarchy it did not have a government but it was actually functioning like it truly did not have a government 
for like three years, and then there was a bad civil war, horrible civil war. That was a real precursor to the Second World War. And that beautiful is beautiful country. Well, educational this, moment on the show. <laughs> That and was. we're back. I know we are, but yeah, this is Italy, though. Yeah, so I go off on my tangents, but I—I've uh, never been to Italy. I'd like to go. Probably you know? the same art that's on the bottom of their pasta plates. You what? eat the spaghetti <laughs> off of this. What I was told, a buddy of mine uh, lived in Florence for a year, studied abroad. That I think they said this thirty years ago. Again, it's one of the themes. I think over half of the world's art is located in Italy. Like the entire country is just basically like art. Like the walls, everything. Yeah, they just where they all put it. If you go into a cafe or a bar, there's just like some like amazing That's the piece Catholic of art. Church's you know? ransom. Well, you know, you want to catch us pedophile on these children? We got all your art. No, well, actually, quite the contrary. You like Picasso? He was just like us. When they says Nanette, here is here is a another educational moment with uh, this now in times of pan of the pandemic. In the times of the pandemic, <laughs> they had a pandemic back in the 14th century. I think that was the last wave of plague that killed a third of the world's population. And a lot of Catholic, the Catholic Church, a lot of people died, obviously, who were members of the Catholic Church, of course. And that actually liberated people. That's why the Renaissance actually happened. One of the reasons why is the church just got out of people's lives so they could actually create and not be moralized, you know, they could actually, you know, do amazing things without being repressed by religion. So the Renaissance is, I think, directly related to the last wave of plague that happened and amazing art, amazing architecture, amazing, a lot of amazing things. That's happened. just like us, though. Like we, we we did have a plague, but it's like a mediocre plague. So we're going to have mediocre art that follows this well, much like this <laughs> podcast. You know, our entrance song is the best part of the show. I'm not denying it. <laughs> We're you know, cooking so far, though. We're having yeah, a good episode. We're doing something. We're doing something. You All know? right. So exactly. no way to sound confident. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we're doing something. You know, we got something going on. But uh, got Rick Steves again, treating Rick Steves. That's like what that? I'm saying. When a good headspace. When I'm in a good headspace, it's a confident thing. I'm feeling good. You know. Look at that. <laughs> this looks Did like 25 a... minutes about your headspace. <laughs> but this is uh, yeah, this is nor the northern Al uh, probably yeah, northern Italy. Look at Italy, you knowing Alps. exactly where it is. You're a well traveled man. You've been to Belize. Yeah. Yeah, I have. God, that was that was that was seven years ago. I was in Belize, 2014. That was a god. That was a good month. A lot of fun going there. I want to go back to Italy though. I want to go to Europe. You know, I mean, I just I feel like when this pandemic finally ends, it's going to be this release. It's going to be this release of just like I think it's going to be kind of a party. Like, yeah, it's going to be a real release going. God on. damn! I wish yeah. I had some Miley Cyrus or Bruce you know? Springsteen ready to fucking roll when you said that. It, it, it's going to be a party, I think. When when this thing lifts, I don't know. It, it, I'll be interested to see. Hell yeah, it's going to be know? a party. I mean, I. I, I... <laughs> That's it. That, that is the beginning. That's the intro music Beach to a banking. shitty fucking Disney sitcom. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's such, oh, such bad music it's great i love it you know but i mean doesn't that look amazing it looks pretty incredible yeah i mean that, that that's like something out of lord of the rings or something that's new zealand but still it's yeah like, they're breathing fresh air that's those like are the, old mountains those are man. mountains that it's on the pictures of of fucking drinking water bottles yeah absolutely i mean it's yeah it's i will say northern spain it's not quite as stunning as that 
but it's pretty cool looking. That's uh, the freshest air you can, known to man that you could breathe. And I bet you Hawaii is people don't even too. care, Crow. People don't care about that fresh air. They they would rather spend money on Belle Delphine's farts than go to the <laughs> Alps and breathe pure air. I know. <laughs> There are old, like in Spain, I went to Toledo. There are old villages like that. Toledo, we, Ohio? I've been there. What, 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 been, to a Toledo. been to a Ponderosa Steakhouse. <laughs> it's about an hour and a half to the southwest of Madrid, and it has that same kind of look to it. When you walk down certain streets, I could put my arms out and touch both sides. I touch both buildings as I walked. It was very narrow. You like Crocious is Titanic. You know, it's just like this is. Toledo is a cool city. It's got synagogues, mosques, and churches. Yeah. How and knights, that? they should have knights running around still. If you're, there was a if Spanish you're that kind of art, man. that looks like the it looks like we a napkin came to life. Look at that. Uh, I mean, that's her graveyard. That's her man. cemetery. I mean, that I mean, really is like there's people that care enough to do that job out yeah. here. You'd have people just so furious to have the job where you have to upkeep the historical garden, <laughs> be cigarette butts everywhere. <laughs> I mean, we, we have something damn you know, mess. We have our national parks, I think, although Trump did a good thing. <laughs> Trump, I, there was this big Western like national park area that during when, when Clinton was president, again, educational moment, when Clinton was president. I got to get a better when educational was fucking song. President. Hey, hey, hey God, hold on. No, wait, wait, wait. We got it here. Educate. I know, it feels more profound than what it really is. I'm so lame. Go with your education. <laughs> but uh, there was a, in the Southwest, I can't think of the name of it, but they had, a, they had basically federalized a lot of land in the Southwest. Uh, and one of the big things that, uh, that Trump did, he was like, it's excessive government overreach. And he rolled back like 90% of this federal. Well, yeah, he's foreclosing for, on for, for mining, for mining, foreclosing purposes. on Wolverine hovels and shit like that. <laughs> and just, but also just saying, no, we want to have mining in these areas and, and there's a great natural beauty to it. And frankly, you know, the, the areas, the economics to make them work. Oh boy. It's a limited amount of things that can actually <clears throat> got our, work in that climate. We got our annual or uh, ooh, our weekly ooh. topics. Fen shadow of the cat. Oh, I, I think this might be a, I don't know, but that guy looked like Dick Van Dyke, right? I, I, I think that they're, they're trying to make it like... God, what was that movie that came in the early 80s? Oh, God, what was it with Nastasia Young Kinski? Frankenstein? Uh, young, no, that was 74. Was that really? Yeah, Cat people. I always thought that was a newer movie that was supposed to look older. No, no, it came out in 74. <clears throat> I saw it in the theater. Uh, but Cat People... Cat People came out in 1982. I don't think this is what... Uh, no, this is Shadow of the Cat. Yeah, it was not based on it. Because there was an older movie from like the early 30s that they remade into Cat People. And they had a weird like... Uh, How meta is this theme. right now, though? We're watching a show where a guy talks, hosts a movie. We're hosting a show, watching a show where a guy hosts a movie. <laughs> Absolutely, man. This, this is, is this very is, meta right now. Yeah. The world, our podcast might explode right now. <laughs> This is the tipping point, Keith. You're just going to see a now vortex. The followers. <laughs> you see my ceiling fan spinning, guys, on YouTube? That's a vortex because we're fucking <laughs> popping all time in reality right now. Exactly. This guy's trying to kill this cat. Oh. Oh. That's the cat. He's going to fall out. Is, it, is that Lawrence? No, come on. That, that is not Lawrence Olivier for crap. <laughs> Again, me with the classic thing of is that James Earl Jones like some known actor? You know, it's like no, no. This is this is not, Lawrence Olivier was not making this movie. This is a horror movie though. You can tell. 
Yeah. You know how you can tell? Because I got the music going. Who's that? Ooh, 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 ooh. The rats can't yeah, even handle it. This guy's it. out there on Wilshire, Wilshire and Alvarado right now. <laughs> oh, man. This guy, this is the same face you make when you're walking MacArthur Park after dark. When I get over to my car, it's all business. I, I don't mess around. I'm like, I'm not going to. You can know. get, you won't get physically fucked with, but you'll get screamed at. Yeah. I, I, I had something happen. I was walking to 7-Eleven. I tried this on stage and it didn't go well. So we'll burn it here. Sure. I was walking to 7-Eleven to get a big gulp. <clears throat> Probably have you drive me there after we record this. Excellent. Um, And I, uh, I was trying to get a super big gulp and there's usually... You say super big gulp, they give me a regular big gulp. It's the super that throws them off. Yeah. There's the language barrier with super. And I get okay. frustrated because it's like nothing else in this store has super attached to it. Yeah. Like, do you what? Because they just kept going big gulp, big gulp. And I'm like, no, super big gulp. It was getting to the point where I was yelling so hard to try and be heard that it seemed like I was mad, but I wasn't mad. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to yell and I know they're not hearing me, but they're insisting. They're like being getting upset with me that I'm oh. that I'm reiterating so much. So I'm just yeah. like, all right, they got it. But I'm like, I told I tell the guy next to me, I go, I'm going to walk down there. They're going to hand me a regular big gulp cup. I know what I know what's yeah. going to happen. Yep. So that's what happened. <laughs> I leave the 7-Eleven a little bum, just playing the thing in my head. Yep. Just like, what the fuck? Same thing. Yep. I just went over. It's just super. What else in the store has super? Like, yep. why? Why is this so confusing? Like, I hate reliving shit like that. I'm just yeah. reliving it all the way down Absolutely. the street. And I do that all the time. I turn the corner. <laughs> And as I'm turning the corner right by the Hayworth Theater here, someone comes up from behind me. And then as he passes me, he just goes, fucking do it then. And it made me jump and oh, yeah. freeze. Yep. Yep. But yep. in that moment, I forgot about everything I was mad about. And then as I was crossing the sidewalk, I was just like, what an exciting place to live. <laughs> so it was a good moment. Yeah, I learned. Yeah, absolutely, that's a good thing, man. Good. You t that that, that also that's on a further look. The guy, he was taller than me, yeah. but like he was crazy with no weapons. Yeah, like you're not. Yep. In really, in MacArthur Park, it's heroin addicts and shit. And yeah. if you get accosted by a heroin addict, that's on you. Yeah, they're very weak, frail people. <laughs> no kidding, man. I, I had, as you know, I've been doing the lift thing, and, and I don't drive at night. Don't drive it. But there was a big ride bonus on Thursday night, two nights ago. So I picked up a guy in downtown. I had to go to Newport Beach. It was a $62 run. I made 62 bucks. Well, how much of that do you keep? $15? Oh, no, no, no. That's all of it. I, I make all 62 Oh, bucks. you make all 62 Yeah, he had to pay more. He had to pay 20 bucks to the other folks or whatever. You know, whatever. So for him, it was 80 bucks or whatever, 82 bucks, 85 bucks. So if you do three rides in, in a one-hour period, you get an additional $21. So that whole experience down there, going down there, I, I made like 125 bucks. It was worthwhile. The last person I pick up, it's Thank the goddamn 48 hours while you tell this story. I, I didn't I didn't turn the 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 app off to, to make it my last ride. So I got one in the queue and I was like, oh, I didn't have to do that ride. I got my money. So I was like, okay, I'll take this last person. And it was dark. It had finally gotten dark, got past eight o'clock. And out here, as you know, the freaks come out at night. So I had to meet this person at a... Uh, it's the name of Croce's new comedy the special. He's plugging it. Night. <laughs> the freaks come out at night. So it, it was uh, 8, 8.30, Thursday night. And I had to meet her at an, at an Arco gas station parking lot. That's always like, when you're, when you're going to a gas station parking lot, pick someone up. Anytime as a, a rideshare guy that you got to stop somewhere before the destination, that to me is like, what's going on here? Oh, oh that... Ha 
And that only happens when it's I'm t- not only, but at night that happens. Or a the lot. pull over, I have to throw up. I, I've never had that, luckily. And that's why, see, I don't drive at night. That's the reason why. Driving during the day, though, it's been great. So I picked her up, though, my last ride of Thursday. And I made, I made 350 bucks on Thursday, which is a pretty good night. So she comes in and she's immediately, she's, she's like, I'm withdrawing. And she was like, it was like me on the show six weeks ago. She was literally like, she's kicking my seat. Like, oh, Vince oh, LaRock. Did I ever, you know? I told you about Vince LaRock that would withdraw from crack and fucking. Well, yeah, well, 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 I've well, definitely well. told you that. Oh, story. oh, he's one of your dad's, my friends? dad's friends that would like, he's the only person I ever saw physically withdraw from crack. Ooh. Same thing. He would like tense up and stretch his shit out. Yeah. Yeah. She Seems was like it would relieve him. Yeah. Yeah, well, she, and she was like just like, ripping a fart, and she had that she had that that horrible like that that you know junky makeup. I was like, I, and it was a six minute ride. Thank God, thank God, it was a six minute ride. And I went to drop her. She's like, can you bring me back? And I was like, no, I can't, I can't, I just can't bring you back. It's just she wanted it for free, and I was just not going to do that. You See know? what BYU's okay. doing? Okay, she was. Uh, I I said, hey, you know something? You have to uh, you got to get to rehab. Yeah, they won't take Arizona insurance. Said I gotta go to rehab. No, no, no. <laughs> she was uh, she was in rough shape, and that's what happens at night. That's what happens at night, man. The weirdos come out at night. BYU yeah. was good. I thought freaks come out at night. You put the X in sex. Uh, crazy <laughs> night. Because maybe the fact that Kiss had a song called "You Put the X you in know, the Sex." Sometimes you put the X in sex and that X cuts your throat and then you just got to lick it up, lick the uh, blood uh, off Wilshire. When they took their makeup off and they brought Animalize. Oh, absolutely. Animalize. It was such a bad song. Lick it up. Lick it up. Oh, oh, oh. you got it right now. They're so fucking bad. And little kids, that was like a hip kid. When you were like a hip kid who was like seven or eight years old when I was seven or eight, liked Kiss. I didn't like Kiss. Kiss scared me. I didn't like him. I I was a Styx guy. (laughs) I was, which is so lame. Oh, Styx is like Uh, fucking uh, Renegade and Mr. Roboto, right? Oh my God. Yes, it is. But they also had like. uh, Babe, babe, I'm leaving. That, that song was lame. Every yeah. time we record Raiders of the fucking Lost Ark is on. <laughs> but yeah, but it, Sticks was all, Renegade was the one where I would get the tennis racket out and air guitar to it. The jig is up. The truth is out. They finally found me. You renegade. You had it made. Retreat from a bounty. Never moan and go astray. I, think I don't know what. Something like that. Pieces of Eight was the album it was off of. That's a deeper cut. I love how you're having trouble with the lyrics to the actual song, but you're just like pieces of eight was the, was the album. That was the album. Absolutely. It also had like, a, I think great white hope might've been on this. Look at me. I'm up against the ropes. I'm the great white hope. <laughs> I've been thinking that that was like a great, like a good song. God, that era of rock and roll was such crap, such garbage. You know, she's Amy Schumer's cute. She's not unattractive. You know, she's a pretty it's woman. Just, it's like it's popular to hate DC comic book movies. It's just the it thing to think she's a fat. Pe- she actually kind of tipped the scale of what it is to be ugly. I feel like I feel like when she kind of because she had this like empo- empowerment period where she kind of was like. I feel like to put her money where her mouth is, she kind of wore less makeup didn't worry about like uh tr- trimming down in between set because mo- between movies you probably gain a little bit of weight i would think you know and i think to 
keep instead of just accepting her people just then were like well now we have to make this the unacceptable thing so they're just like well she's a fucking troll piece of shit sausage but yeah. i remember like six years ago everybody liked amy schumer i, I, I think she's funny she's got a potty popularity mouth. in general yeah makes yeah. people hate you yeah <laughs> you but don't also, get too popular the, the love interest jane lynch this J- jane lynch in the center table it's i've not heard jane lynch it's lauren hutton she was an American gigolo. She was the love interest of Richard Gere. Yeah, Lauren Hutton. She looks Hutton. like Jane Lynch. No, man. She, Jane Lynch is a bitch, by the way. In real life. I've heard, yeah, I've yeah. heard she's terrible to work with. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. Most people are pretty bad. Uh, that, but that, the guy that, that's kind of into her isn't the true stud guy. He's kind of a beta guy. You know, he's sensitive a bit. Like, I like how they have that matching, you know, because she's not going to get the true stud guy because that would be too cliche. It needs to be a believable guy who's the romantic interest, right? With his sensitive man beard. So. <laughs> everyone's got beards you, know? you can't complain about the beards now because everyone's fat you got to cover up those chins she you think amy schumer would love to grow a beard maybe you got rory fucking uh and then michelle williams you know? yeah she i think she's underrated she's good. rory scoville that's who that is i was is blanking on the last scoville? name yeah He's just agreed to go before your fake eyelashes come flying off her bulging eyes. Oh, oh my god what a line what a british insult that what is what a line God, this is just oof, script. It's pulling me in. Hey, this movie probably made money. Correct? I'm sure it made money. Of course it does. Most bad things do. In Boston? I'm going. Yeah. Your show's going to win an Emmy. <laughs> yeah, my show is. Who knows what's if that's even ever going to happen. We'll see. Although it was actually given out this week. It was, it was handed out this week. But we're supposed to meet with the woman, and then she changed the appointment time, which is... Anyway. I love how you whisper your inside fucking well, you know, biz. But just like, you know, I don't, you know, just... Your microphone, they can hear everything. They can, can't they? But yeah, but I for two culminating two uh, two uh, years of work, really about a year and a half of solid work, it finally went out this week. So we'll see what the feedback is. You know, odds are, you know, it'll be passed, and that's fine. You know, but it's nice to actually, it's a threshold. As long know? as you hang on to that manager. Well, I mean, you can, you, know, bad, you can at least badger her every month. Well, she's, she's that'll be uh, your career. Well, we're supposed to have weekly meetings and she she's been sketchy for the past couple of months. There you go. There's always a family dilemma going on. And, you know, that's what it is. Uh, but it's like I'm just I'm kind of chomping. That's at what bit. they say when they're going to the island, Crow. But it's also she's going to that island. <laughs> the island of what? You know, <laughs> where they do the, the stuff. <laughs> the island of Dr. Where Moreau. They, where they ep the steens. <laughs> So yeah, she's uh but she's uh look at this. Do we get MTV? We don't get fucking VH1. Do we get MTV? <laughs> but so we'll see. I, I will be curious to see the feedback on this. I put a lot of time into it uh, into this 1-hour dramedy called Perfectly Good White Boy. That is the name of my 1-hour dramedy. I will be curious I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of changes. What what I I'm kind of hoping for, yes, it would be great if it got produced. If they just said we like your idea and we'll just pay you for it. And, and just go away. <laughs> as long as I get some money, I'd be like, Dude. okay, you know, I mean, yeah, it's my art. You know, I'd like, I mean, if they're interested like that, then you've created something. You got a foot in the door. You can create something else. Because they my, just, they buy it off you and it becomes that Amy Schumer movie. Yeah. It, it just turns into some completely different thing, you know? <laughs> well, I think I told you, I know a guy in town here. He's good friends with my friend from college. I was talking about this guy named John Iskander. Who's had some success in the business? Got Miss Congeniality here. He, he does a lot of like editing work, but he he wrote a a feature length film that got made called Montreal Girls. 
he wrote it. He said he didn't even go to the premiere because literally like 15% of what he wrote actually made That's it. That's my into favorite it. <laughs> LA drop of just like, he got it made. Yeah. Well, it got made. It got, it went through the process. But, but, but it, he the, is homeless now, <laughs> but it got made. But he was just like, he didn't even go to the premiere. He's like, it's not even my movie. It's nothing. It's like literally like the names are like the only things that remain the same. Like it's literally 15% of what he wrote is in the script. Or in the in, in the final products, he he just said no. I mean, I'm not gonna. He didn't even go to the pre to the preview or the opening, which is hilarious. And I guess you know, it got it. It's gonna be like a you know a, a whatever released movie, you know, like a feature length movie that'll get you know picked up by some people. Independent film, you know. I gotta say, it's weird how I miss the excitement of a movie, even the short time I've been out here, because you find out about shit so early that yeah. like there's no excitement for anything. Yeah. Like I remember when you turn on the TV and you'd see a trailer and you'd get like giddy, like, oh holy fuck. Cause it's not even like you're seeing the finished product for the first time. That's one thing where you're like, oh, I'm seeing the actual finished movie for the first time. Yeah. When you turn on a trailer and you're like, I didn't even know they were making this. Oh, yeah. That's an excitement that I don't think exists anymore unless yeah. you're like 80 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and like you don't know what the fucking internet is. Sort of what I am, you know. But in so general, just, but you know about stuff before yeah, it fucking happens. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I have an awareness enough. Of it. Yeah, but when I was a kid, dude, when the Empire Strikes Back commercial came on, it was literally like a mind-blowing experience well, even like, stuff like oh my this God. like miss congeniality a movie that i think, I think now people so would cute people would roundly pan this movie but back in whatever 1999 when this came out you see the trailer it's the first you're ever hearing of it and you're like yeah. oh that's a novel concept yeah and then you you only see the trailer every now and again and then whatever new show picks up a puff piece yeah. about it but i feel like it maintains the excitement of like because you just don't know about it so yeah. much that you're just like i'll go see that shit and then you go see it and you're like, inevitably, it is awful. Yeah. But you're like, it was fine. Like, but the the excitement leading up to it, I feel like, is the journey. Whether yeah. a movie's good or not is, I feel like it's it, you're nitpicking after that. Yeah. No, the anticipation is it's a, It's thing. a whole ride. Yeah. Not liking the movies, just one part of the experience. <laughs> so, and you think now that's gone, correct? You think well, that, yeah, because oh, everything's so How? instant. Yeah, because a people know about every aspect of the movie before it comes out because you yep. have nine different trailers. Yeah. And then you have uh, the criticism of the movie happens so quickly and it's so searing that and it's everywhere that that then affects other people's excitement uh, of the movie because uh. then they just rotten tomato and they're like, oh, well, fifty nine thousand people said this movie sucked. Yeah. 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 And then you fucking Google it and you're like, how did this movie make money? And you're like, well, maybe it's good. And those 59,000 people suck. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, no, just yeah. like, yeah, I was thinking about it on the bus today about like how just the idea that like a movie being bad is hindering you like Zack Snyder's Justice League is what's stopping you from like solving s sort of world problems. <laughs> like, don't blame the movies. Don't blame the bad movies. They were fine. <laughs> yeah, it, I watched it, a movie. Entertainment. I watched you know? a movie with Trey songs in it, <laughs> where the one of the guys literally couldn't say the dialogue, and you could tell he just kept fucking up so much that they were like, "We just got to go through with this. <laughs> this is only going to be on the Bounce Network. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares?" So again, what year did this movie come out? Miss Congeniality. Let's see. I, I want to say, was it oh no oh four was the two thousand oh four I think was the sequel. Big year. Wow. 
But this she, movie defied Y2K. She was, uh, yeah, Y2K was a... It was a big year. Absolutely. I My friend's know. dad turned off the fucking power in the house. When the year 2000 hit, <laughs> he went in the basement and flicked the fuse. I wish I could Michael Caine. Look at Michael Caine. Old then. Candace Bergen yeah, on the right. Yeah, he is. He's one of those guys that has just always looked 59 <laughs> years old. If you look at him in the, in the 60s, like Alfie, that movie Looks Alfie. just like that. Yeah, literally. It's like a little bit of orange hair. His hair is, a, it is it's orange, and it's the exact same skin. Jaws 4, the exact same skin. Now, playing Alfred, <laughs> the exact same skin, you know? She goes to Texas because she's like a Texas actor. No, no, she's like, she lives in Austin. Think, she's a Texas girl. She, no, she's from Virginia originally. Actually. She lives in Texas. She yeah, loves she lives, Texas. Yeah, lives here now, which is like, ugh. She's God. Joe Rogan's neighbor. Ugh. They live in the same neighborhood. Oh, that like a wealthy area of Austin. Yeah. Oh, God. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> you want to live in a wealthy area. You're not going to stay in fucking. <laughs> That's true. Everyone, I always get on Kevin Hogan. I'm like, when, if you become rich, you're going to be rich. No one is going to be rich. Yeah. And they're just like, I'm keeping my studio apartment. No, I know. No, you're going to buy a house in fucking Echo Park or whatever the fuck. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, if I actually had the cash. I wouldn't put up the security bush where you won't, because that, that means like no homeless people sleeping in my yard. Yeah. I sleep in my yard. I'll, I'll pour soup on you in the morning. <laughs> You'll wake up, you eat. It's a double fucking benefit. It's an alarm clock and a meal. I wonder about that. When I look at like very Dumping soup on homeless people, it'll be so much fun. <laughs> well, my building, I live in an eight unit building. Because it's food. Yeah. You're not demeaning them. Exactly. You're feeding them. Yep, exactly. And, and it was, uh, you look at the housing in Los Feliz, I'm like one of those places, modest place, probably a three bedroom that's like, like a bungalow, like a bungalow in Chicago, like 1,400 square feet. You have like a, a, a one-car garage. Is that Shatner? Yeah. And, and then a couple of, and a yard. You have a couple you have a front and a backyard. I'm sure that that's one point. There, ain't, there is million. no house in Los Angeles that is less than a million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, yeah, it's, you can go to certain areas and find it, but it, yeah, you're going to have to search for that. You know, I mean, it, it's uh, no doubt. You're going to have it. to search on Zillow for yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it, housing is uh, not cheap here. I've discovered something. <laughs> You're paying for that weather, you know. That's what you're doing. Bullock, I, I always had a crush on her. Yeah, she's America's sweetheart. You know? Well, she was in that movie, certainly. <laughs> so that's where you're thinking of it. You don't you know? think she's America's sweetheart? She was in a movie called, called America's, America's sweetheart. sweetheart. So everybody's like, she's America's sweetheart. Yeah. No, she's not. She's just some <laughs> average actress. She's so unspectacular. <laughs> She's had a career, man. Oh, my God. A huge she, one. A huge career. Uh, the camera likes Is her. Is that Murphy Brown? She, She's pretty. Oh, yeah. It's Murphy Brown. Candace Bergen. She's big in the 70s. Candace Bergen. You know? She's big in fucking normal time. Hey, oh, you know? six four, that gal, huh? <laughs> she was. I always thought Bullock was cute. I went and visited the tallest lady in the world. When At you the were time, when I was a kid, she came to the grocery store. How demeaning is that? She stood by the, you know, not the line where you check in, but you know, the big tall desk where you check out, like where the big, where the big wall of cigarettes is. Yeah, exactly. She stood by there and had a group of children just stand under her in awe. Did, and that was like a, an appearance fee. What do you think? What'd you get paid for that? Two hundred fifty. I don't know. I was like four. I was fucking <laughs> not involved in the in the financial situations. We were just there to look. How, how tall was she? Like seven foot two. Like nothing. Wow. Like at the time. Like when you're three, you're like holy shit. But everyone looks that way when you're three. 
a five foot six person is going to look like seven foot tall. That's what I'm saying. Looking yeah, back on yeah. it, I'm like, it was probably Sue Bird or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and WNBA player or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It was Lisa Lobo or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Lisa Loeb. And, no, it was a, it was a Ver- Vicky Lobo? No, it was Lisa Loeb. Lobo was a... Lisa is a, Loeb played that's And sometimes... In, she was an like indie rock. You know, in Lobo's a villain in uh, DC Comics. Oh, okay. Okay. I did not know that. Who, who, who is she the... Uh, nemesis of what's her no it's a man and he's a and he's a and he's a werewolf who rides a harley (laughs) and so who's he taking on he's a justice league villain oh oh oh, oh, so they have to sometimes like take him yeah he's just one of the cornier dc villains (laughs) but he's around he's one of those guys they're trying to make more relevant recently Uh, because they're running out of ideas he's got a little he's got a little mexican flair to him like he's he's like if you were to put a race on him on him he'd probably be not a white guy would they call him chicano yeah hey they have him do that a lot (laughs) instead of howling at the moon he goes hey oh fucker Yo, Holmes. What up, <laughs> Superman fucker? You know, some Keith. This is the truth. You do good voices. You know, I, yeah. You've gone I was up better before I went for to, before I went through the puberty. Oh, oh, oh. So Keith, I got you off track, and I apologize. You said you had that incident where the guy yelled something insane. Guy past MacArthur Park. Did you try telling a joke? Oh, no, about that was that? it. That just didn't go. Well? Oh, yeah. I, because I think people got upset when I was getting up. I think people got thrown off because I was talking about getting upset at the 7-Eleven people for yeah. like, I think when you, when you t- try and get up, t- uh, talk about getting upset about a language barrier, people think you're like being racist. Yeah. Well, yeah and I was trying so hard to be like, it's not the, like it is a language barrier, but it's not, it has nothing to do with how I feel about them. It just, yeah. it's a language barrier. It caused this situation that I thought led to something funny. It yeah. was the problem really was, is that me explaining about the big gulp is really set up. And that threw them off because I was doing and I kind of did the I tried to do the impression of someone who works at 7-Eleven without Ooh, being yeah. like, no, 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 exactly. Like, I don't want to go without straight up fucking Apu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I don't want to go up and be like, and they were like, oh, you mean a big gulp? And I was like, no, super a big super gulp. gulp yeah. Like, that's not how the situation went. If yeah. to understand the language barrier, you have to know the language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it just threw people off. So by the time I got to the part about they the homeless guy you. screaming, they laughed, but they were just kind of like, oh, we're glad it's over. Like, yeah. it, the, like it was worth it, but like, don't make fun of people that fucking talk like that, man. Like, I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying, like, learn the fucking, learn my order is basically what I'm saying. I'm there every goddamn day. You don't know I get a super big gulp. Now they do, though. Now they say large one. Yeah. yeah. Which is still incorrect, yeah. but still they get it right. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about the audience you went up in front of. Char- it was Charmin Soft. No, it was other comics. Char- I think it was also just a, a wild night. Yeah. It was just a bad night. Yeah. Well, you ever have those sets where you think it's you and then you you regroup with everybody and they were like, no, that was just a fucking weird night. You know, I, I used to be like early on, I was like, you know, I have to be, resp- you know, it, you know, it's your job as the performer to actually tap into the audience to get them on your side. Uh, it's your job as a performer to tap into that ass you You know know what i'm saying (laughs) and and it was uh, tapping into the ass that that music plays every time dick van dyke sticks his dick in somebody (laughs) but it was uh uh his cum trips over an ottoman he's still alive yeah he's like 97 
That guy was old when I was a kid. He was old. He's like a. Fucking, he was old when in the 1970s. He's he was proof old. that if you never get sober, you will not die of well, alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, because he he's never gone to treatment. He's his whole body is fucking pickled. It's been dude. pickled. No doubt about that. You know. <laughs> he'll quit drinking and be dead and in be two dead. weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, his no body. He'll he'll dry out and his body will just fucking seize. Oof. Yeah, uh, supposedly alcohol. We've said it before. It's the only thing you have, if you withdraw from Barbs, it, you can actually die. Pills you can die of the withdrawal too. Oh, really? From pills? Yeah, too? barbiturates. Ooh. That's how a uh, mixture of alcohol and uh, whatever is how Amy Amy Winehouse went. Ooh, that's how she was that a suicide? You think? Or just no, a... she died of withdrawal. Ooh, she died from not being on alcohol Ooh. and pills. Well, yeah. If if you're gonna do that, you better be in a hospital where they can like monitor you. You know? Yeah, she was just at home playing the drums. What I heard, I, screaming I, at my boyfriend. I knew someone who withdrawn from heroin, and they said it was well for two weeks. It was just horrific. She had been a junkie for ten years. For a decade, she had been a junkie. So her life totally fell apart. She had to move in with her family again, and and you go through these sweating periods that you just like. She she ruined a bed. <laughs> they threw the mattress out of the bed because it just smelt so terrible, just from her sweats. You know. That, that's why I'm glad I never became a junkie, you know? I'm hey, there's still time, Crow. <laughs> you know, but anyway, yeah. So Like it, we were talking about earlier, you're young. <laughs> Maybe you get into heroin uh, you in, know, your six, in your late 50s. I, you know, why not pick up a habit? I always said I never had enough vice in my life, you know, when I was yeah, younger. except for Miami vice. Oh, there we go. And that's when Dick Van Dyke's sperm trips over an ottoman into the womb. <laughs> Tap. I was saying tapping into before Mor- that, Starring Maury Amsterdam. Is that Horatio Sands? No. no I'm just I'm Just joking. another fat guy. <laughs> exactly. This is on his reel. You know. He's like a Texas fat guy. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, no kidding. No, I probably was flown in Look, from I Jersey. Do something. I'm going to go do laps, all right? There Back you go, man. Work out, bro. Get out there, yeah. bro. Come on. Keep yourself in shape. We're at it. We're at the hour. Do That's you what wanna, you do. Keep yourself in shape. You still feeling good? You want to take a break? You um, still? I think yeah, let's take a break in a little. That's why. That's in the next five minutes. You know what? Uh, yeah. What, what's been on your mind? You know. Well, we could get into. We can do. Yeah. Well, we'll that's a good. What a astute host move, Crow. Yeah. We'll go over some second half topics to let the listeners know. Ooh, in anticipation. What they're in store for? Absolutely. I might yell about the Chicago Bears. Ah. Uh, and then I might also not yell about them possibly getting a quarterback. That might be a rapist. Yeah, yeah. Um, or what else? We got this week brother. in TV history. We got. I still haven't talked about Justice League. I did a little bit, but yep. like I could could show Joker scene. I could show you some new Leto joke. We got a lot of stuff going. Oh on. man, it's going to three's be company. Eight is enough. Started uh, the same week. In 1977. When Maybe we'll I was, watch an old baseball game. Make uh, fun of an old baseball game. Oh, I like that too. That'd be good. It's going to be yeah. a good time. She looks too skinny. Um, You know, but too yeah. Too skinny? Yeah, she's too skinny. You know. Women are beautiful. Girl. They're all fucking. Well, she's beautiful. There's no doubt about yeah. That. I mean, they don't pick ugly ones to be in these movies. <laughs> the camera's going to treat you well. You That's know? a Twilight Zone episode where fucking not pigs. Where just everyone is. Everyone in entertainment is just slightly ugly. Yeah. 
you know that would be like what that would be the worst twilight zone episode <laughs> where it's just me everything's just not because the whole point of a twilight zone is that it's fucking off its axis wild yeah. like people are farm animals but what if it was just like in this world people are moderately unattractive I'll tell you what twilight zone was the x-files of its time in terms of it, it was a there was a certain sophistication to it you know there was a 60s sophistication that dick van dyke tapped into sophistication you know uh, when, when he, he was tapped doing into his, that he tapped into a keg of beer <laughs> tapped into some gin bottles Fuck tapped yeah, into all man. of that shit hey and on that note ladies and gentlemen we're wrapping up the first half got some commercials well hello larry at Blue Cross Blue Shield, we've been protecting millions of people for over 75 years. It's what gives us the experience and understanding to help you find a plan that fits where you are today and where you'll be tomorrow. Get spring break styles for the entire family. Tees and tanks for just $5 and thousands of other amazing styles all on sale. Run to Old Navy. There are moments that define who we are, what we stand for, and where we're going. Made with pride. Crafted with passion, Jeep Cherokee. Find love again, right on the Gulf Coast. Beau Rivage, a feeling like no other. To succeed in our ever-changing, busy world, you've got to create your own brilliant website. Wix makes it simple. Create your website today. It's easy and it's free. Every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. Imagine waking up to the enticing aroma of bacon, sausage, fluffy eggs, and a whiff of delectable hash browns. Stop imagining. Get to McDonald's with a deluxe breakfast platter because nobody has ever woken up to the fresh smell of cereal. Is this yours? No, I'm... Mother said she found it in your closet. I don't know. One of the guys was... Must have what? Look, Dad, it's Where did you get it? Answer me. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. In a situation such as this, the bottom half of the eighth inning. Just the outfit. They probably had, like, they had a relatively big crowd for the game, but I bet you the upper deck wasn't filled up. They probably had like half capacity. Outside. Oh, yeah. And like at least in the 30s, I was reading this book about the Cubs in the 30s, and I guess they used to have a lot of women. Like they built the upper deck specifically for the like they used to do. They were the first team to do the like That's women get in free. Wow. And they had to build the upper deck to support the amount of stay at home wives. And it like created the sports savvy wife. Like there were women that would get thrown out of the games because they would get into arguments with like fucking Tris Speaker and shit like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, interesting. That's kind of an interesting story. You know, yeah, and that, that I mean, God, yeah. How? Let's make it official. Well, hello, Larry. All right, hello, Larry. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for the second half, and we've decided to play a baseball game, which is the. Uh, we're doing the we're trying the biggest challenge and that is we're trying to make baseball entertaining <laughs> for everybody. You know, we have to just make the show entertaining for everyone. When you throw baseball in, it has the first half was good. No, yeah. We we, we were on our game. 
It was good. I only lost my train of thought once, which is good. No. That was a good sign. Look at that. Upset. That That's like such a 60s way to get upset. Oh, yeah. Workmen. You workmen like, damn it. Doggone it. Doggone it. They're kicking the dirt. You son of a, you know. Son yeah, you of would, a Mary Joseph. I mean, yeah. The emotions. You know, you a know lot of Marys and Josephs spreading around that dugout. Although I think that's one thing. If you, if you read the book Ball Four, which was uh, written by Jim Booten, he, he wrote about his uh, year of playing for the Seattle Pilots. But he also talked a lot about Mickey Mantle because he was on the early 60s Yankees. Uh, he pitched for two teams that won World Series in 61 and 62. So he, he knew Mickey Mantle. And, and he basically talked about what a drunk Mickey Mantle was. And, and just also, like, they were just totally these dirty old men who played the game. They, they, they would often, like, go. There were certain bleachers in the outfield that had, like, slats you could see between. And they'd go and, like, look up women's skirts all the time. Beaver shooting, they'd call it. Like, see, Crow, when I grew up, there were angels in the outfield. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this is, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Jim, you know, again. You know, I think a lot of these guys were real dirt bags, real dirt bags. Oh yeah, you know, cheating on their wives, gambling, oh, yeah, racist, yeah, yeah. and they had a problem with the bottle. Oh yeah, absolutely, making a lot of queer jokes. You know, like yeah, th- these were not like you know <laughs> refined. Oh men. yeah, these are not know? social justice warriors. That's why Don I- Landrum was not a social justice <laughs> warrior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were. Who's this Martin Luther King? I don't understand why he's so upset. They they always seem to be so happy and smiling when I see them on television. That's why they didn't put last names on the jersey. They're like, this guy's last name is the N word. <laughs> No, it, it, I don't know if we can throw that <laughs> on the jersey. Yeah, this it was integrated. I give you know this is like things were getting a little hip in the '60s, you know. But you know but, what's weird though? It was still the kind of like tail end. Of, like it was still new. You know, oh, when, oh, for, oh, oh for it being it was like twenty years. It was only twenty years. Oh yeah, and, and really for some teams, I mean, I think. Was it the Red Sox? Were the it was last still new team? enough to where there were still people. Fifty nine like, was the last. The Red Sox was the last thing to hold. There were, out. of course, they were. There were probably still some players that were like, "I'm still not used to it." Oh, oh, absolutely. I'm sure they had to bite their lip. There's a great book I read by David Halberstam about 1964. It's called October 64, and he wrote about the St. Louis Cardinals, and he uses this kind of like a backdrop to a changing society, you know, and all that crap to give it some sort of gravitas. But he talked about Tim McCarver was a catcher, a rookie, for the St. Louis Cardinals in 64, and he had to catch Bob Gibson. And so when they take the the, the bus, when they went Catchers to Catchers live towns, forever, dude. You know, when they, they had to go from <clears throat> spot to spot, whatever. He uh, he used to drink knee-high, uh, Tim McCarver did. So he's drinking a knee-high. Bob Gibson came over, took it out of his hand, and took a big gulp of it and gave it back to him to see if he would drink out of it again. McCarver was from Memphis, and his old man was a cop in Memphis. So he was just, he wanted to see if he would actually do it or not. But he, because Gibson was like respected, but he what knew a like old timey 50s way to like get the <laughs> upper hand. But yeah, but exactly. Like, here you go. I have a sip. Here you, know? you go, kid. You know, exactly. I'm a black man. And I, supposedly, Bob Gibson was like just this incredible. Oh, Bob Gibson guy. was, was uh, physically imposing. Yeah. Well, I think like a big giant brick wall walking around. Why? I, he was actually kind of a slight guy. He, he was tall, a, though, wasn't he? He had a very strong. No, no. I think he was like maybe six one, 170 pounds. Because they were. I always know people of that time talk about how imposing he was to even watch on TV. But then I read that they've raised the mound the year he got hot. Oh, so oh, he, oh. he actually did look higher than the, normal. The mound was six inches. High. It was lowered at, um, in 1967. 
It was lowered by six inches because oh, no, after '68, after '68, it was lowered. The '69 season, the year I was born, it was lowered six inches, and, and that made the the stats went haywire for ba- like batting. It was like oh, my. they had, they made divisions too. They made divisions in '69. See, I remember the, the the old days of the East and the West when I first came into baseball. It was the East and the West, and that was it. The two expansion teams were these uh, Mariners and and the Blue Jays. You know, not, not, no Marlin, none of that. So it, it was all like no Marlins. None no. of that Marlin Cuban shit. You know, no, 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 none of that Rockies, you know. Back in my day, our players weren't defecting. But what I liked like about Like you it. anti-American. <laughs> we supported Cuba and their national baseball team. We wanted them all over there. We supported them so hard. None of them don't play in our league. You got your own league. We support it. <laughs> but what I like is that baseball like in 10 years it definitely mirrored society the the first wave of boomer athletes started playing in the 70s and it got really coke heavy <laughs> like late 70s baseball Everything gets was coke oh yeah up, dude you know i mean it was and, and i don't think guys were blown that they were doing like greenies and reds and weird like pills oh, and shit and they you were know? clearly going getting cocaine with the uniforms let's go through some fucking oh, uniforms yeah, from that era oh I, well i i think it really honestly the A's of the early 70s changed it. They changed the color palette, and baseball then like mocked or, or followed that. The Padres, oh, the, yeah, the Indians had some amazing uniforms. Look at that Dennis Eckersley picture picture in the upper left. This guy? Yeah, Dennis Eckersley. He's in, I mean, look at that. Yeah, when he pitched for those Cleveland, that color of red is just bizarre. Oh, it was just so uh, stripes on the hats, the tall hats, a lot of sh- lot of oh, Kent DeColvey. orange stripes. Yeah, absolutely. Kent DeColvey's in, in, to the right. He's a sidearm pitcher. Well, yeah, you, you pass one. Okay. Keep doing what you do. This guy up a little more. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. That guy exactly. No, you, you had him. Yes, exactly. That's Kent DeColvey. He was the closer for the '79 That's Pirates. That's almost not. It's sidearm, but he's his body's not going side with it. It's almost yeah. like he's just pissed <laughs> and like. <laughs> well, no, no, he's skipping a rock. That's all he's doing. Kent DeColvey. I remember. I remember him. And then they also had like those Astros uniforms. Uh, look at those White Sox uniforms. That was like 73, 74 White Sox. White Sox had weird uniforms. Oh, those caps are great too. Those caps are. That jailhouse pirate one is a badass hat. It's totally a badass hat. Look at those <clears throat> giant uniforms. That earth toned orange, man. Padres. That, that's the era of Padre that I remember when I first started watching them. The like brown and the like brown and, and yellow. Yes, absolutely. That was Dave Winfield, uh, uh Padres. Dave Winfield, there's was, was his card. I love I feel like this whole page is the same three teams. <laughs> it's just the Indians. Well, they all kind of they also had flashy players. You had Richie Allen wearing stepdad glasses out there. Yeah, out there looking like fucking Arn Anderson and shit. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean this era the uniform that that Braves uniform looked like a, like a softball uniform. Uniforms got weird in the 70s. They just got, again, because the culture was like, whatever. It, it was digesting the 1960s. It didn't know how to quite deal with it, you know? Then Reagan came in and it was like, no, you know? You kids who were playing soccer before in the late 70s, you are now playing football, okay? This is America. You're you not play gay. football. Drugs are bad. Say no to drugs. Yes to pussy. <laughs> it, was, it, it, was, it was the sham Wanna of the Want to be 80s. like old Ronnie? <laughs> I eat that girl for like for lunch every night. He points no, to Nancy over no, there. She's oh just God. like, <clears throat> I think. He why was, do you think she looks like a corpse? I suck the life out of her through her vagina. Oh, man. 
<laughs> what if Reagan talked like that? He was. Uh, what if he was like an aggressive creep, but he still had the like, oh, Nancy, yeah. why do you think she looks like a wistful corpse? Because I suck all the fluids out of her through her clitoris. You have to realize Ugh. when he was elected, it, it was political, the political moment, we have the political music. You have to realize, Keith, that when Reagan was elected, it, it was kind of like Trump in the sense of this guy's a movie star. He's a movie star and he's going to be president. Well, there was no one to compare him but, to. But, too. Exactly. It, it was a new thing. Like he, I mean, he was very much he understood like the television medium. He understood it very well. He knew he, he presented himself very well. And so that, that was kind of like but, but he also and he was governor. For people hated Trump going in. I yeah. feel like people liked Reagan for yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, Reagan was terrible because he was just a big dummy. Well, it'd be like I feel like Reagan and Bush too were like, oh, we elected a wad of tobacco president. <laughs> this well, should be interesting. I, I mean, he was he was deemed super old, and he was seventy one, and Biden is seventy eight. Like that was another thing. Reagan was seventy one. Yes, when he got, and it was like he was the he oldest man lived ever. Long. Oh, he lived in his. 90s. He died in the two thousands. He he outlived my grandpa. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was 93 How dare he? when he died. How dare Ronald Reagan? He, he was revered. He was like the Republican Kennedy. He's so bad. So much bad stuff happened to him. But whatever. Anyway, that was the news. Yep. <laughs> but I said that, though, with uh, what a big deal was with what Reagan. What a good segment. Though. Really, these fucking drops are really coming in handy Absolutely. for these short segments. They're making the show fun. It gets If it gets lolly, I fucking I hit, I hit you with one of these. Exactly. If it gets, you know, you just... Norm Gulak no, poetry. Do you, do you know what this was? No, this was this was a highlight of Mercury Morris for the '73 Dolphins. Whenever there was an a, a black player, it would get like tribal. It would get like tribal. They would do it. Get earthy. Mercury Morris, unlike Zonka and Kick, had twinkle toes. Yeah, and they show him like against the Jets running for like 18 yards and out of bounds. Larry Zonka was also on cocaine. I, I don't think Zonka was. Zonka was just a big man. Changing up big... the battery real quick. I'll be right back. You'll see I, my pretty face soon. When I was a kid, Larry Zonka, to me, was one of the toughest football players ever. Like just his name. But I saw old Zonka. He played for the 80 Dolphins. He went back and played for the 1980 Dolphins. He was a running back for like for like... 11 or 12 years in the league. You have played a while as a running back. And I'm more used to old Zonka in that the old guy that would speak to you in your elementary school cafeteria. <laughs> old Zonka over here. Your retainer. You dropped your retainer again <laughs> into the trash. You He's the, the guy that tells you what life is like on the other side when you write <laughs> all your wrongs. When you become a bland, boring person. When, when, he, when he was a... Uh, you know, he, I got to say, even though it's dangerous and it kills you, there's probably not many more fun people than a CTE'd wild NFL player. Like, that's the guy you want to <laughs> hang out on the town with. Uh, things are going to happen. Yeah. Things are going to happen. Lawrence Taylor? Lawrence, oh, I'm They sure, have yeah. to enjoy all their nights because they have so few of them. Because <laughs> they're going to... Although by the Do end, something horrible when they're 48 years old. Yeah. When you're in your 50s with CTE, CT, yeah. I mean, all these guys... 
Keith, and I remember my, my favorite football the whole, player. The entire Pittsburgh Steelers defense lived until they were 80, but it was a hard 80. Oh, no, they, they, they checked out in the early 60s a lot of You them. just had to move them like claymation to fucking get them around. L.C. Green, what I think was like 67, I think. Ernie White might have been 67 or 68. Uh, and then the, the fourth, you know, who was the other guy who died too? Three of the four. So I, when I was a kid... I mean, my one of my favorite Vikings was Matt Blair. Matt Blair was a linebacker. Matt Blair blocked. Matt Blair sounds like someone that you feuded with in middle school. He was an excellent athlete. He blocked his career blocks. He has like twenty career block. <clears throat> well, kicks, yeah, Matt Blair you know? was the prom king. He was great. He Matt was Blair's a- the prom king. <laughs> hot mom. So he's a nemesis. Drives everybody to school. A big cable package. Lives in the new <laughs> subdivision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Doesn't get invited to your second grade birthday party because you live in an apartment. Yeah, and they're afraid of germs in yeah. the building. God. Although now in now now in COVID times, that's a legit yeah reason to not yeah. let your kid have friends. Yeah, yeah. I got a little concerned that. of the germs in your area. Yeah. Interesting. And you're poor. Yeah. Mapler. So he died. He had CTE. He died in the past year. All these guys that I, re- I mean, I review. Good. Fred McNeil. No, dead. I'm <laughs> But you know, I mean, they, they uh, it's like, it's, you know, that's when you know you're getting old, man. When athletes you, you revered as a kid, they're starting to croak and it's only going to get more. Look at that. There's no upper deck. No one's in the upper deck. Uh, yep. Do you see that? I mean, there's a, it's literally, there's like, there's like 8,000 people at the game. It looks like they fucking pasted this fucking broadcast together on VHS tape. There's uh, young Pete Rose. Wow. Reviewing history right here, guys. I, I think Pete Rose was a, the night. No, he was a second year. He's got a fucking pot belly. Rookie pot belly. Look at that. Well, he had, he had a thick build. Look at how skinny he was then. Anybody by this time have no hits. Look, I mean, Pete Rose, again, when I was, because I remember Pete Rose being a dominant baseball athlete. Like, if you were a Pete Rose fan, that was a, like, I knew you were a dick. Like, if you like Pete Rose, yeah, the he's 70s, a piece of you shit. Were a I'm sick of Pete Rose. Uh, I want him in the Hall of Fame, but just enough. Yeah. He's a wispy. He probably, he just, you'd want him away immediately. Yeah. My, my, my brother's nemesis. He's like a walking wrestling promo. My brother's nemesis, Tuffy Kofelt. My brother's nemesis in high school. Sounds like a character from the Christmas story. <laughs> he was, he was, uh, he liked Al Davis. Okay. He liked Al Davis. The owner of the fucking. Yes, Raiders. Anyone who likes an owner, you got to be leery of that guy. That's he, the person who's going to become a fucking certified fucking accountant oh, when it, you get older. Oh, yeah, and he was, I mean, if he was a. You look up t- to owners, get out of here. Tuffy Colfeld's father was a cop. He was, I noticed with cop personalities, there's the jovial cop. And then there's the cop who's just like biting down on the toothpick, just like grinding his fucking teeth. And he yeah. was he was that guy. <clears throat> Jovial who, cops do who, paperwork. Who Those ne- are your paperwork cops. <laughs> never said a word. And it was and he had, he had like mirrored sunglasses. He had an intimidating presence. I remember I did not like him as a little kid. Didn't like it when he was around. Jovial cops end up doing tripping up the wrong people. You end up working as a crossing guard for the rest of your career. <laughs> I'd be down though. You know? Oh yeah, that's not a bad gig. That's where I would trip up the system because they punish you by like. Oh, you're going to rat out this guy for killing George Floyd. We're going to put you, we're going to ruin your career. I would be like, I'm still going to rat you out, dude. I'm down for death duty. Like either you ain't going to shut me up. Oh, you're moving me to crosswalk. I'll fucking, I'll put more bodies on you. I have no idea who this Cubs picture is. I, I thought like, it was Rick Russell initially. The whale. That's, that's the era of Cub that I remember late seventies Cubs. Let's see if we're still in. Some P- good baseball name. That's much, yeah, just Pete Rose. Pete Rose is still up. He grounded out to the, oh, 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 oh. look at Ernie Banks. He couldn't handle it. it. Couldn't handle it. He booted it. I feel like the Chicago fan of me wants to. Well, you know, he's getting older at this point. You know, I mean, I like Ernie. 
Ernie was great in the late 50s. But you know something? He's getting a little long in the tooth, you'd say. Long in the tooth? And you know he's black and they don't got good teeth anyway. Well, hey, hey I'm wondering though, Keith. Speaking of a certain franchise in Chicago, <laughs> I want to hear your inter- uh, the signing. Two words, two words. Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not as down on it as most people. I'm really not. I don't think he's that bad. I, you know, there, there aren't many good quarterbacks. There's just not that many. And it's like, I think he's a serviceable quarterback. Oh, it's boring. I, you listen, man. The guy is a grizzled veteran. He's, he's getting Look, old. I think Ryan Pace is a white nationalist. <laughs> I think he didn't want any of the black players. I think all of the Hallis, I think owner. the 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 owners and GM, this is all conspiring. They're all proud boys. They don't want any quality talent. And we all know what those where that belongs. Yeah, what that means. They want Polish kids. Yeah. They Red haired kids. Fucking steam coming off helmets, grass. It's just the most stodgy. <laughs> At this point, it's the kind of things that make you realize, like I'm a, f- I'm a fool. Like they've bamboo, you've been bamboozled. Well, there's no doubt about that, Keith. You've been bamboozled. I agree on that. On that How much money could the team make? And at this point, you're getting so much shit from the fans for making these bland ass, boring moves. It's just such a Bears acceptance to have to be so excited to have the owners themselves saying this is our number one target. You think if a competent organization publicly says this is our number one target that kind of means it's a done deal they're going to draft a quarterback they're going to draft the qb yeah but they're going to have to and then they're going to what zach wilson or something no zach wilson's going number two overall oh what what, what number pick they'll have have to get mac jones they have the 20th overall pick That's a Bears draft choice. I just that's like a Cleveland Brown, you know. But I think Brandon Whelan or whatever. I mean, they had so many. I honestly think I I almost feel like Ryan Pace realized two years ago that he's a fucking buffoon and fucked up. Yeah, and is just kind of like blowing it to the wind, just saying like fuck it. Well, Trubisky signed with the Bills. But he sounds like he's got a goddamn stick of butter in his throat. <laughs> he, I'm upset that he's that I can't publicly like talk shit to him because he's pretty big. He can probably beat me up. Who pays good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, he's you, an athletic, younger looking guy. Yeah, he looks like a white nationalist. Let yeah, me show you a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah of I the general manager. I'm showing the people. <laughs> I want to see what he looks like. I do because I, I don't recall because I, I, mean, I don't, I don't pay that much attention to the Bears. I, I do, I do by default. Look at that. That guy is a proud oh, boy. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, he, yeah, absolutely. He's part of the brain trust. He's on the fucking board. He talks like this. Well, you know, where is he? Where we is got he a good from? culture, North Texas. Uh, where where was he? Know, he? That's the sick part. He's from Texas. This guy knows football. He came through the uh, New Orleans Saints system organization. Okay. I think it's a long term plot by the Proud Boys and the New Orleans Saints <laughs> uh, and white nationalists. The New Orleans Saints are upset from the 05 NFC championship game <laughs> when they got throttled. So they brought this guy, Ryan Pace, up through the KKK and the New Orleans Saints system. <laughs> and then. They were like, well, we got to feed. They were like, well, and then we'll, we'll, you become the GM of the Bears and you rot their system out and you make them proud boys. I, I, so you're basically trying to spread the rumor that the front He's office of the Bears. He's a white nationalist. He's a racist. Our proud boy. What, yeah, yeah. I've well, heard he's him, got the hairstyle. He I've heard a national him, socialist. He doesn't do so many press conferences because he can't not say the N word. <laughs> Shut up. God. Hard R. 
Papa John style yeah, N-word. Doesn't end with an A. This guy eats Papa John's pizza every night. Come on. I Old mean, school yeah. Papa John's. <laughs> that guy is, oh, that guy's a turn. What is it with these pizza guy owners? The guy who owned Domino's was a big anti-abortion guy. Little Caesars is an abortion guy. Then this, I mean, what is it with these redneck, bizarre, right-wing pizza guys? The pizza industry attracts a right-wing mindset. So here we go, 1965. Chicago Cubs roster. Oh, Pitchers, he, Ted Abernathy. Okay, That's a great... These baseball names represent the generation. Ted Abernathy is a suburban, you know, we're away from all the crime type of name. In the 20s, you had like Dizzy Buzzsaw. And like yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Or your trade was in there. Longshoreman yeah. Jim, you know. It was like... Clay yeah, Sheckles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of their eras. Yeah, like, Chris let's look Speaker, at some you, 1920s baseball names. Well, you definitely know, I mean, with Jimmy Fox, double X, Jimmy Fox. He was the only guy who could compete with Babe Ruth back then. Wally Shang. Yeah. Pie Trainer. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think he played for the uh, Pirates. I could be wrong. Pie Trainer. <laughs> Is that louder than normal? Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, again, should we go to Cubs, Cubs 60s roster? I want to see their roster. Oh, yeah. I was just going, I wanted to do some comparison. Bob Buell, 6'2". Hmm. Tall boys. I don't remember these guys, man. It's like... Bill Fall, no. Bob Henley. No. I know Todd Henley, or Todd Hunley. Hunley I knew. Yeah. Bill Hoft. Man. Ken Holtzman. Ken Holtzman, absolutely. Yeah. Brian, he, he pitched for the A's in, in, in a couple of their World Series teams. Larry Jackson, Cal Kuntz. Man. Just what a, what a bunch of cub nobodies. God, no kidding. Jack Warner, the guy sounds that sounds like the producer of the Tonight Show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, wasn't he? Wasn't he Warner Brothers? I don't know. So, wow, I recognize one of their pitchers. Holtzman pitched. Uh, Dick no Bertel was their starting catcher. Oh, who else? Ernie Banks, Glenn Beckert. Oh yeah, well, Be Roberto Pena and Ron Santo was Be made up the infield. Beckert was actually an okay player, I think. He was okay. John Bocabella, hey, <laughs> your motherfucking loves me. Yeah. Let me date your sister. Let me date your sister. <laughs> Come on. I already fucked her. I already fucked her. Twice. Smell my fingers. Look she, 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 she. Again, your, your voices are good, man. Well done. Well done, Keith. But who, who was I wanted to see Glenn Beckert's. I wanted, I wanted to see that's his one of my stats. impressions that doesn't work at work as I always say aioli is fucking mayonnaise is Italian cousin. It's your cousin aioli, you know, <laughs> come on back. You know, we smoke a joint. Hey, come on out. Let me rub myself all over your chicken. It'll taste good. So this outfield, I see the outfielders. I, I want to hear what George what Altman, Doug Clemens and Billy Williams. Well, Billy Williams obviously was good. No God, one promised they off the bench. Good. No, they were really terrible. Hey, what was the record that year? Fucking garbage and I'm gonna shit. Guess, I'm going to guess the record. I'm going to say it was it was 68 and 94. I have no idea what it was, but I'm going to say, I bet you it's better than that. I'm going to say 73 and, and 88 or uh, and 89. 73 and 89. That's what I'm going to guess. Third baseman in close. Big swing. One God, one. I love that this Third guy's voice is great. The Chicago Cubs were 34 and 26 at this point at this point in the season. I mean, what were they for the entire year, though? You know, for the 1965. Oh, no, I wait, I got to totally go back. Off. That was 2020. This is 2020. What the fuck? I was totally what the off. Fuck, Google. Oh, yeah, it's OK. Hold on. We got to do a schedule. Okay. Baseball almanac is being finicky. 
Okay, here we go. We'll go. With, they tied two games. What a fucking decade. So what's their overall record? 72 and 90, 72, 90 and two. What did I say? Yeah. You I, called I said it. 73 Just and by nine. the look of these fucking yeah, boring yeah, yeah, ass yeah. out there like a bunch of fucking uh, dull broomsticks out there just swinging other broomsticks. Well, 65, that was the year that the uh, the Dodgers won. The Dodgers won it in 65. Yeah, they beat the Twins. They beat the Twins in a seven-game series. Billy Martin was the third base coach of the Twins. But they had Sandy Koufax and John, Don Drysdale. You know, and, and then the Twins had like Tony Oliva, a very young Rod Carew was on that team. You know, he was the way it looked like he couldn't hold up the bat like he just was barely at the last minute and then he would get get up there. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a he was the Wade Boggs of his generation. He was a single. So he had one season where he had over 100 RBIs. He was 100 on the bot on the button in 1977, the year I achieved sports consciousness. He was the AL MVP in 77. You know what? I realized that like. I've because you always talk about your sports consciousness. Mine is definitely like 95. 90, I don't yeah. remember any sports before 1995. The only thing I remember pre 95 is a cover of TV guide with Mike Ditka on it because he just got fired. I was a kid in that sense. I yeah. actually liked that. I wasn't you were young. I always thought that I was way older than I was. Like I always had a feeling that shit passed me by. Like I look back on like I would say, yeah, 1995. So when I was like seven or eight, I became a hardcore sports fan. Yeah. At the time, I remember th- being like ashamed of like, oh, I'm just getting into this now. Oh, don't feel I mean, that, that that's just the age. Don't judge. And then it. even with comedy, I wanted to start when I was way. Well, I did it for the first time when I was 17, but I started when I was 23. And I remember thinking like I fucking should have started like I'm already way too old to start doing oh, this. Man. It's funny when I first I started, always feel that way of just like, well, these this passed me by. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, yeah, no, I I remember thinking that way when I was, uh, but but then with comedy, I remember thinking I was glad that I had a college degree that I'd gone to school and I worked a couple of years because I thought the people who had started it when they were younger, they were more fucked up in the hat. I felt that they had been exposed to at a younger age and their identity wasn't formed enough. So that so it warped their ego. I would like That's to I see thought. if on the second broadcast of the Cubs, they immediately realized that this was the worst fucking camera angle <laughs> of all time. This might be a, uh, uh, I mean, is this the first color? Is this the first color uh, broadcast? Is that what this um, is, 65? Because they must have been on TV before this. I mean, TV no, was around in the 50s. No, it says first WGN Cubs at Chicago. Original WG. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't think it's the first. Though. Yeah, the first. It's had to just be in an the original 50s. broadcast. WGN is definitely a, pre-Jack Brickhouse. It sounds like literally WGN was such a big network. It almost was the size of like an NBC or a CBS. Like it was definitely a large independent station that had its own sort of identity. Nobody's bigger than us, Jack. You know, I mean, and that was very much Chicago was still trying to compete with New York. You know, I mean, trying to yeah, we're gonna have big stuff here too. That's why. It, what an interesting time they were just. You know when they talk about like we have like a corrupt system, all our systems are corrupt. Yeah, this is when it was starting. You know, well, it's well. I I, I mean, racism is yeah, is deep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <clears> we're not it's, talking it's, about day that. one. Yeah, <laughs> talking about like crack. Well, certainly the the the, the drug. You know, but you know, 
people, the alcoholism back then was hardcore and people were smoking cigarettes like they were going out of style, man. Everyone smoked cigarettes back then, man. So, I mean, there was definitely the addiction thing was going on. But yeah, the, 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 the drug, I think of the 70s as being the, that's when Coke came into the game, you know, was much more sort of known, you know, and much more of a thing. I think in the 60s, oh boy. if you did Coke, it was kind I of. I knew Coke from the get go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I never, you know, I just, the, the high, I didn't mind the high. Uh, I mean, I've been coked up maybe 20 times in my life. I just didn't, I don't know. I never sought it out. Uh, I didn't like my hangover. My hangover the next day, because inevitably you can drink like oh, yeah. 15 it's beers. It's like fucking you know? ecstasy. It blows every endorphin you have yeah, and so when all you, at once. You wake up feeling like you have no fucking joy ever in life. Yeah, I remember just a few times being like, I don't like a, you know, so much of the body thing. It's the emotional side of it that blows of a hangover. You know, booze hangover. I don't like that either. I get a little fog headed. That's why, I mean, I don't drink as much, man. You know, I, I feel like thing. after nine practice swings, they should call a strike. Yeah. <laughs> He's warming up here, I say. Uh, so who's let's the make pitcher? Ba- let's, let's, what, what is your wild ways to make the game better? I think after the seventh inning, they should set a deadly predator loose on the field. <laughs> like a crocodile a or something or like so, that. Yeah, yeah. Nothing fast. Yeah, okay. Two rattlesnakes. <laughs> Just loose. Set them loose off into the corner bullpen. When you call your first reliever, yeah. a panther also comes out with them. <laughs> and if he eats your reliever. It happens. You better have two you know? guys going. Better have a guy riding that fucking lion. <laughs> Maloney. That's a bunch of Maloney, Keith. Yeah. No, it's Maloney. I think the, the Reds were starting. Look at that guy. That guy looks like a roll of toilet paper in a baseball uniform. Uh, the Reds were in the. Just si- the whitest human being of all time. <laughs> the, the Reds were in the 61 series. The, the, honestly, I think 60s baseball in terms of like the quality of baseball, you could make an argument that was actually well, one, they one of the athletes. best. Well, they weren't athletes. But, but no, but no, but but it was actually a good caliber of baseball in terms of kind of the strategy. The it was only twenty teams in the league, you know. So all you know, now there's thirty two teams. Can you imagine you know? if these guys were actually athletes? Yeah, if they actually like worked out in the if they weren't just and packs didn't, of, didn't just, just <laughs> human packs of baloney walking around <laughs> so, selling you know Firestone tires in the off season. Yeah, I mean literally these guys these guys made like eight grand a year, maybe twelve. You know, like by the late 60s, guys were starting to make like 80 grand, you know, uh, by the late 60s. But if you were a shitty player, like you know, just starting the game, you, you were making like 12, five a year in 1969. Making that Brian Piccolo money, daddy. Yeah, yeah you were not making money. The unions helped tremendously. Uh, baseball union was a big thing that I, when I, that actually got together. Marvin Miller, who's going into the Hall of Fame uh, as well, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he helped create the baseball union, so they got a lot more money as a result. They were being exploited hardcore. So in Brian's song, Gail Sayers does the speech where he wants the the league to remember Brian Piccolo. Yeah. They also made a same speech at the machine factory where he worked, where he was just like, you know, he played football, but I want you to remember him for being the best goddamn lug nut guy we had at this fucking factory. What did you say? Your uncle worked My with grandpa him. worked with him, and he said he walked like he had ball bearings in his shoes just because his just, knees were so bad. And this was a fucking God. 26-year-old man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He was not old. No, no, absolutely. He, he'd had three kids. You started young back then. My, my mom, my brother was alive when this, when this uh, telecast was put on. He was a year old. Hell yeah. You know, uh, so the Reds, your brother was alive. Kurt Cobain was not. Yeah. Who was uh, I'm curious, who, who, who was the the Reds roster? Do you mind? If you, kind of, if you Do you mind? Out. I don't mind because I, I want to actually 
I'm going to figure out. They had Tommy Harper, who was actually pretty good, what their record was. I'm going to guess on their roster what their record was. The well, names. they had Pete Rose, so they probably weren't good. There was the American League, and there was the National League. Well, Rose was Frank great. Robinson was on that team. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Frank Robinson was a very. They traded. Guess him their in the record. Season. Guess their record. I got to see the roster first. I'm well, not, I'm. You can don't look. I'm not. I can't see that far anyway. So yeah, just who's on the roster? Kind of go. So through. we got Johnny Edwards at catcher. Mm-hmm. We got Gordy Coleman. That's lingering from the God, 30s and 40s. No shit. <clears throat> Pete was, he a, Rose, was he a goaltender in the offseason? Pete Rose at second base. Uh, what, what did Pete Rose bat that year? I'm just curious. I can't see. Um, let's see. His batting average. I'm looking 312. Wow. How many hits did he have? Um, 209. He didn't. He Whoa. never have. He never not had 200 well, hits. No, that was no, like no. his benchmark. I mean, he he had a lot of 200 hit seasons, though, without a doubt. So who else? Who else? Tom. So then we have Leo Card- Cardenas, Cardenas, uh, Darren Williams, Tommy Harper. He was good. Veda Pinson. Oh, Veda Pinson was a good player too. Uh, Frank Robinson. Robinson. And then you have Tony Perez. Tony Perez. God, those are the beginnings and of the big machine. Yeah, he's on the bench. Like I just named you their starting lineup. Because Perez was good on, on the uh, – er, that's like guys would play on teams for like six years. Don Pavlovich. They, well, they, could, they weren't allowed to be free agents. They had you fucking chained to the dugout. Yeah. Fucking – yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And who who's their pitching staff? Uh, you have oh, they got them all in a hodgepodge here. We got John Maloney, uh, Joey J, John Nuxall, Jim O'Toole, John Tesaurus, Billy McCool. God, I recognize none of those. Ted names. Davidson. Well, you shouldn't. These uh, are all fucking yep. average fucking Joes. So I'm gonna guess the Reds record this year, based on what we just saw. I'm gonna guess. Because Rose had a, Rose had a 209 Frank Robinson's season. Robinson's a Hall of Famer. And, and Robinson, although it was the last year he played for the Reds, he got traded to the uh, I remember to, it, so we can go back Orioles. to the game. And, and I'm going to say that that team was, uh, was 85 and 77. 89 and 73. Okay, okay. So it was kind of the opposite of the Cubs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, so I understand those uniforms look like they're. It looks like they're sponsored by. It looks like not only are they sponsored by bail bondsmen, yeah. but it looks like a team of bail bondsmen. <laughs> yeah, they're actually playing baseball. Know, I think they were filming Shawshank. They were doing. And Shawshank. I'm doing this like cousin Aoli, <laughs> fucking baseball. Maloney. Yeah, this was. You know, I invented baseball. Look, Italians make wild statements like that. He has it. I couldn't ever conquer that. <laughs> The if the sun like uh, the putting the glove to cover your eye, but also yeah. looking through the glove. Yeah, that was it. I'm not good at catching fly balls. They put you in the outfield because it's the easiest fucking position. Not for me. I uh, I know a lot of people said the same thing. I willed it into existence. I became a, a decent defensive outfielder. I could catch the ball three inches. Crow. I could do it right there. This right is like there. what about Bob? Three inches against yeah. the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Look so, at these commercials. Wow. Is this from '65? Yeah. Wouldn't they just throw one from 80 in there? I will say LSD was big at this time. Well, yeah, look at this. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Who? That's the the uh, old-timey full-length bathing suits where you weren't allowed to You're show. You're drinking Ham's beer. This is another going- Ham's commercial. Ham's really went all in for the Chicago Cubs. Interesting. At Cause, this cause, point in time. Because old style, is st- that's now the beer of, uh, of the Cubs, I think of, right? Old style being the, the kind of the yeah they don't have old style no that changed that was a big to do they don't have old style they changed the food wow that's a big Chicago Midwestern thing that brats are not the same they used to have a snap to them 
a snap to them. Now there's no snap. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not the same. I'll tell you what it is. It's also about 300 bucks to bring you, your wife, and your kid to a game. It's, it's incredibly expensive. expensive. It's you know? very expensive. It used to be the working man's game. Again, I will go back to it. And I've said this before. And this is my old man. But when I would go to County Stadium, and, that, and you know, that, that's Milwaukee. So it's, you know, it's not going to be New York City. Go to Milwaukee. And you can it, buy something with the change in your pocket. The outfield seats, the bleacher seats, two dollars and fifty cents in like nineteen eighty nine. You know, I was twenty years old going to the game. You, you could go with like a twenty dollar bill and have a totally good time. Hell yeah! Because you'd be able to buy beers were like beers were two fifty to three bucks a pop, three fifty for a premium beer, like a Heineken. Ooh, a good beer was. I love how that joke just translates generation, and they're like, my dad used to give me a five dollar bill. And say, bring me back change. <laughs> and then it just ups. My dad used to give me a $10 bill and yep. say, give me change. You're in the $20 bill era. I and I come from the era of it's too fucking expensive to go to a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You cocksuckers ruined it for me. Well, I mean, you know, obviously they made the decision. You know, the, the, They're like, we're going to go for the money. You know, we're going to make it family oriented. You get that, you Gen Xers? The do nothing generation? Uh, I'm I, just kidding. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, that's what they call Gen X, right? G- do nothing? The do nothing generation. Yeah. Well, you stood, but you stood pat. Uh, that's, uh, you try being the generation after the largest generation in the country's history. You're trying to come out from underneath this behemoth self-absorbed generation of baby boomers, you know, 76 million fucking people, you know, you know, of course we did. But that's why you stood pat. That's why you stood pat. You were Uh, killing it. uh, I didn't stand pat. I I was actually working for a fair housing agency that was founded by Martin Luther King because I was woke in 1993. Look at Leo Cardenas just hit a home run. I was using white privilege to take on white supremacy. I was aware of those concepts in 1993 too. I didn't just discover them and think, oh, wow, I've done something different. No, I actually lived it. So just to let you know. Crow stood on Pat. You he know. didn't stand Pat. You know. Leo Cardenas no, no, just no, hit a home no, run. No, I actually probably... did. Th- you're taking on the behemoth of racism, you know, and you're trying to take it on head on, suing people, winning millions of dollars in lawsuits, actually. Yeah. Kicking them in the ass and doing that and doing that time and time and, and that's time when again. and getting discovered. death threats and getting death threats at the organization i worked at trying to make a actually joke. doing something as opposed to canceling someone online and thinking that's activism i've never canceled you know anybody. so it's actually it's actually doing something was i because i have done that for almost my entire life has actually done something so but you're going up against the behemoth of this awful baby boomer generation that won't just die off well they're so, getting there i mean naturally they're going to you know they're all getting the there. old boomers are dying. You know, I got fired up there. I like the passion. Yeah, I was I was trying to make a joke the whole time. <laughs> you wouldn't let me talk. No, I know because I had to make my point. God damn it. I was just making a blank blank again. Me saying do nothing generation was a joke. <laughs> but I was <laughs> I clearly struck a nerve because you spent so much time exactly. doing nothing in the 70s. You got to be angry about it now. Listen, because you did I, I so much child because you did so much nothing in the 70s and 80s. i'm just kidding <laughs> no I, you were just there watching the minnesota crying about walter payton i was i was i thought about that the behemoth of payton you know it, you see that's why going this, at racism when blm happened when we were sitting here and blm happened blm to me i it sounds like a sandwich every time <laughs> i hear it i'm just like i want one of those what a blm okay okay well i definitely want a black life <laughs> everything they do is cool 
but my you point can is, say the n-word no i'm just kidding <laughs> i uh yeah exactly but but when i watch that is the truth no more that when, when i was sitting here that's I, a, that's been gone for five years and it feels of the bygone the yeah, bullpen off to the side yeah, absolutely i was uh i was getting choked up watching that because it, it, it bummed me out because you want to know why because I try to commit myself to social justice stuff through my career, what I've done, and and it ultimately didn't make a hill shit of well, difference. Yeah, you know, it's I don't should've. want to say it didn't make a hill shit of difference. It just the issue is still there, and it bums me out that it's still there. Should have become it authentically bothered a police me. officer. Oh, oh God, they're the catch basin for all the failed social policies. We do need some cops though to like to oh, be uh, the to be the guys to like to be the fat thumb <laughs> in the fucking in the belt where you're just like you know. <laughs> hanging out <laughs> it's just dude there were some fucking cops that drove through the park when we were doing the open mic and they were like laughing uh, well you know hey listen some firefighters came to cut a homeless guy out of the bathroom and they enjoyed it they had their axe swinging wow. around what was he some hot guys what, was he a deceased it was a whole group no 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 he just locked himself in the fucking oh man in the bathroom had to rose is up again look he's pd rose right there look at me i'm playing baseball i mean you can't <laughs> see the big jump in technology was discerning features. Oh yeah, off yes. a player, absolutely. And look at this. This is like playing an early game of like, like, like baseball, like video game baseball, in like the early, like late ninety or like, like early nineties, early eighties. Yeah, know, or like late eighties. You know what I mean? You, you literally you cannot see. Okay, you can't tell. Yeah, you literally yeah, you cannot see them. It, it looks the color actually looks. You sound okay like to me. my uncle talking about black people. You can't see them. <laughs> You can't. They just no, disappear. Six thirty p.m. They just go away. Oh, so bad, so bad. I remember a guy, a friend of my father's, said that, and he was like, "Oh, you see, it's a bunch of smiles walking down the street." And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, that guy's That's fucking asshole. hardcore and hack. I was like, man, it's a goddamn Burt Kreischer joke from two thousand and two. No, that, but this is like eighty nine. I remember the guy saying that. I was like, goddamn, this guy's a jerk. I didn't like him. That was another hacky stepdad thing of the like, oh, all you see is teeth. Yeah, I know. Yeah, God. it's a good set of teeth. <laughs> you ever seen Tay Diggs? Look, Hot I mean, guy. Look at the, they're just at the game, t- tie and all. It's great. Yeah. Well, you want to you wanna crack into some little bit of TV history? Absolutely. There's two big things. The one thing is exciting, but we talk about it all the time. The Godfather came out this week in 1972. It premiered. It did? Yep, 1972. Wow. In March of 72. March of 72. Movies came out random times. There yeah. was no fucking schedule. Absolutely. Godfather I, I, was in theaters for nine and a half years. Oh, absolutely. I saw, Star Wars is in the theater for, and this is for a solid two and a half years. Yeah. Until like Empire Strikes Back came out, you know. I, and I remember, I mean, I went, I saw it seven, t- no, four times in the theater. Four was my max. But we had eight is enough. I'll go to it. So wow. eight is enough and three's company all debuted. Wow. I year. hated three's company. So my mom hated Joyce DeWitt, I guess. <laughs> of all the people. That- what a random hatred, right? <laughs> Joyce DeWitt. Couldn't stand Joyce DeWitt. <clears throat> that, that's, <laughs> that's such a random, weird person. Like, Dude, not one like- time my dad was hammered. And he was like in a fucking fuzz. Yeah. And he tried to tell me that he was like, yeah, your mom hated Joyce DeWitt. And he tried to make it seem like she didn't like Joyce DeWitt because she thought my dad might get with her. (laughs) Just some weird delusion. Weird fucking Goldschlager induced delusion. Wow. Wow. Like a wishful thought or something. Wow, man. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. When, I mean, and I'm I'm that way, obviously. But this is but something I, you, know. you could do now in a woke way. We're like the plot to three's company is that they need a fucking apart. Ooh, a fucking full season. Oh, look at these gags. All these actors. She just turned 74. Suzanne Summer. She was an. Yeah, she's very old. Oh, I think about, at this again, point has made more money off a, uh, a piece of exercise equipment yep. than she ever did acting. Step Absolutely. by step. She did for free. That's fucking Dick York from uh, from Bewitched. Yeah. Or, or one of the Bewitched guys. So he. Yeah, that's Dick Whoa, Sergeant. That might Dick be Sergeant. Sergeant. Yeah, it's Sergeant. This is like so. Jack Tripper's got to be gay to live with him. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. I remember that being like. Now Whoa. you'd need the gay guy. <laughs> he would have to like Roper would walk in if and he wasn't like, gay. Yeah. Hey, Mister Roper. <laughs> that would be the plot now. <laughs> yeah, I remember that being like. I don't accept tenants that aren't homosexual. The idea was that that's oh, Furley, right? Yeah. He Furley's done. No, it was Roper. R- Ro- yeah, Furley was Don Knotts. Roper would. They, they had a spinoff, the yeah, Ropers, and it failed. And then they were like, "Well, we can't bring them back, so we'll just kill them off." <laughs> yeah, and, and then we're gonna have Don Knotts get a, get a paycheck yeah, for a in solid and be, five years. And then they should have just had him fall in love with Jack because he was clearly another gay guy. Yeah, yeah, he was an old repressed gay man. What if there was the moment <laughs> in the later seasons of Three's Company where Jack is still pretending to be gay, <laughs> and there's just where they're just like, "Jack, who are we kidding?" <laughs> And they just fucking meet this lips. mash, just mash. And they're like, just you deep male tongue kissing. You've been pretending <laughs> and I've been hiding. Yeah. Don't pretend anymore. Like and it, I won't hide. <laughs> and then they just smooch. You know, you know what's interesting about that, Keith? My hair's my mind went. The early episodes. Yeah. He had to be gay for them to live together because they didn't want to have like fornication going on. Like literally that, that was the reason why Oh, he's gay. I remember that being like, whoa, that's a, that's yeah, a they different didn't want, They didn't want a straight guy living with two, two straight women. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were like, they're fucking having fucking masked, exactly. masked orgies. Exactly. And this is an early episode because Suzanne Summers was only on for a couple years. There were three different blonde yeah, actresses. Three different. Yeah. There was Chrissy. Cr- yeah. Chrissy was Suzanne Summers. Then there was, then they got slightly smarter as they went on. Yeah. Who oh, got, who was it after her? Yeah, because Suzanne Summers was making a career. Think about working on these sets. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the coke flew. Oh, what a glorious! Well, I mean, and that's paper what back a, there. That's a, fucking the quality. What, what a what a what a glorious time! Let's go over to Eight Is Enough though and see what's going on there. I think they're living in Venice Beach. I think that's where it's based. Because I remember thinking, "Wow, what a cool area! You can ride your bike next to the ocean. Like, wow, California looks cool." Eight is enough is like a more serious show. Oh, huh? absolutely! It's kind of a family drama with some comedic moments. Look at that! We got more fucking got Leaf fucking Garrett hair in this motherfucker. You see, this is this is the teens. These are the teens. This is when you didn't know the sex of a baby until they were born. That was always a moment. It's a girl. All the little, all the men look like undercard boxers. <laughs> this is how wholesome this song is. It's so square. Who's that fucking guy? Who's Dick, that? It's Dick Van Patten. He was in a, he was in a, a Spaceballs. Yeah. Oh, bad Betty Buckley. I remember her. And I'm Grant. Good, goody. All oh, these names. These names can't be their real names. Willie Ames, yeah, well, obviously. You know, yeah, you know. Willie Ames, probably a fucking proud boy. Adam Rich, who had a huge drug problem. <clears throat> huge. He's my age. When you get to these, this portion of the credits, this is where your drug problems are. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were, they got a taste of it, which gave got them a taste of the, yeah. and then they lost the show. Late 70s, I think Coke was flowing like an undammed river out here. 
It was flowing like in the eighties. Eighties was here. When I when I moved out here before ninety five, it had totally died off. The coke scene had. I don't want to say totally died off, but it had, I mean it was nothing compared to what it was. It was all heroin. Heroin was a big drug at that time. Mid nineties, Gen Xers when they were busy doing nothing. <laughs> When they're busy doing nothing. Here, let me show this himself. to you. Because you've never... Let me see what a person who has never... Who only really knows Nicholson and Cesar Romero. No, I also know Joker. fucking Heath Ledger. Okay. Well, yeah. And, but, and, and, I, but I'm not... I'm saying Joaquin, outside or, of that, I'm saying like the Jokers that are seared into your head. Like, Because yeah. even Joaquin and Ledger, you were comparing to Jack Nicholson. So let me just see Cole, all those Jokers in your head. How do you think this fucking Jared? This is Jared Leto as the Joker, slightly tweaked. Yeah, he was a little more fucking Cuban Scarface in Suicide Squad. So, so he's a so swap. to set up this scene. This is the Four Hour Justice League. He, this is a future sequence setting up the second and third Justice League movie that is not happening. God. So this is a dream sequence of like the world in apocalypse post-apocalyptic world yeah and batman and the other heroes are like on this journey uh, uh lois lane's been killed superman is under the influence of doomsday so they're like fucking walking around in jokers with them and because they know superman is the guy they have to really get right he's well the here's the, the thing strong, this so. is this is not this is what's frustrating is this is the end of the movie this isn't important. Like this scene almost shouldn't be in the movie because okay. it's setting up something that is not going to happen. <laughs> so even the whole like, like debating about it is like, but it's a good performance. Here we go. Let's go. Let's see. He knows exactly what it's like to lose someone he loves. You know, like a, a father, like a mother. <laughs> Be very careful. Look at Batfleck. You want to hear Batman say fuck you're about to? Like an adopted son. He's talking about killing Robin because the Joker killed Robin. Isn't that right? Batman. Maybe, in a way, that smelly old flounder is right. Because how many can die in your arms before you grow numb to death? Now, how many dead eyes can you look into? Stop making fun of me. Stop it. <laughs> I've been dead inside a long time. That's Affleck, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can tell, too, the scenes where he's not an alcoholic because he did reshoots. Him and Heath, Le him and uh, Jared Leto <clears throat> weren't in the same room for this scene. Besides, who's going to give you a reach around? rated r so they could do those jokes they made this rated r there's four specific fucks yeah what do you think about that that make you want to watch it leto's a good actor leto is a good actor he genuinely is a good i mean he's a solid it's actor. the face no tattoos that, that threw everybody off he's pretty much this guy in suicide squad but with face tattoos and silver teeth he's got like a grill in it they yeah. make them all hip hoppy it wasn't fun yeah <clears throat> i often wonder because the Joker, the, the icon character of the Joker, I mean, it's it is a theme in storytelling. Five hundred years, America ago, you know in I mean? general has an obsession with clowns, with like scared ass clowns. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, there's that. The clown was a creep. So as usual, I see. I think magicians got got. They kind of were able to literally hide themselves, and and they projected. We should actually 
hate magicians and not clowns. I think clowns have gotten the short end of the stick. I actually like a clown. Magicians, they creep me out. Magicians creep me out. Well, They're clowns, all pedophiles clown, in training. Clowns got the short end of the stick, but then a magician will grab it and pull out a bouquet of flowers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, I, I, th- I think the clown is is uh, gets a bum rap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he was the most popular guy on his block. I think, the, but magicians are creepy. But let's Dog be heading, honest. John you know? Wayne Gacy was a clown because he wanted to have sex and murder children. Oh man, he God. didn't have he didn't have the laughter in his heart. <laughs> but yeah, that is pretty amazing. That he was a clown. That's pretty incredible. It's pretty amazing. He loved raping and murdering so much that he uh, became good at being a clown. Did you watch it? That's what I watched this week. That there was a good. Uh, uh, there was a how what's it called? Um, what's it? What's the channel? What's the channel? I'm gonna get a laugh for the drop. Okay, I mean you can talk. No, it's okay. It, it, I was watching a he uh, doesn't do it yet. A documentary, the uh, a two-hour documentary about on how Gacy, gay you are. On, oh, on Gacy, and then also on uh, on um, what's his face on this guy from uh, Houston. I didn't ever heard of a serial killer, the Candyman in Houston. And the had, black guy with the hook that has no, bees no, 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 no. There was a guy who worked at a candy store who was this, uh, you know, he, uh, whatever. He was a, a sadist pedophile. Here we go. And it was yeah, back when, like, gotta get that laugh. It looks like a. Is he Marilyn fucking Manson? What's going on here? It'll be a hard one. Well, so what, he looks like he happened. Looks like he's in a mariachi band. No, that's Doomsday. This is in a future where Doomsday has taken over the fucking the oh, Earth. Oh, okay. So, so now, so now these guys have to like. Yeah, they're the last ones left, and then this is going to end with fucking Doomsday Superman dropping in because he's all upset that every iteration in the comic books where fucking Superman loses his mind, it's always because Lois Lane gets killed. Yeah, yeah. You course. think they would just learn to not do that? <laughs> Don't let her die because then Superman will snort fucking kryptonite and become evil. So this is I have no idea who Trident Girl is. That's uh that is Aquaman's girl. That's Amber Heard. So so who's who's that dude? That's Cyborg. God, I tell you what, I I I, I feign Cyborg's a human computer. Anger, you know they're okay. I guess these movies are okay. Cyborg's (laughs) whole deal is he was an he was a professional football player. Yeah. That got mangled in a car accident, and his dad took alien technology and brought him back to life. So now he's like a computer, like okay. he could visually just go into your bank account and put money in it. <laughs> that's that's like a superpower. Yeah. So this is not dead specifically, but he's a computer basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can link up. This is you could tell Affleck post alcohol. Look how chiseled he is. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 thin. got fat bloated cheek face in the earlier scenes. Yeah. Yep. And then now look at him, dude. You can tell you he's about 20 to 25 yeah. pounds lighter. Just had some fucking had a quick divorce session, divorce sex <laughs> session with fucking with uh, Jennifer Garner. With Jennifer Garner. She came and picked up the lad and Wait, fucking gave him a blowy. He, he was dating uh, that beautiful woman from uh, Blade Runner 2049. The uh, the sort of whatever the uh, the animatronic <laughs> lover or whatever of like uh, of Ryan Gosling's character. You know? Yeah. She, he was dating her, I think, until a couple couple months ago. She was she's beautiful. She's a beautiful one. Yeah, she's at the of course she's an actor for crying out loud. You know she's so who's this? Is this dude? That's Martian Manhunter. He's the basically the one. He this is him telling because that that sequence we just saw with the Joker. Yeah. He has been having those dreams all movie. Yeah. So he's having these premonitions and Martian Manhunters being like 
that's actually the future yeah you know you're not done dark side is coming because yeah. in this one they just stopped dark sides like henchmen like the one guy okay and then that's martian manhunter being but like then, dude, it's gonna be shit's really about to get big real. now <laughs> we're gonna make it even bigger it's gonna be great. i guess the one thing we've pretty much covered anything uh the one thing we need to cover real quick the dude from alien died Oh, the oh, black guy from Alien absolutely. died. I thought of you when that happened specifically. I know him from uh, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. <laughs> He's like the sleep therapy doctor. I like him getting a check like that late in the career. He I eats, thought you were going to say Midnight Run because he's a Midnight Run. He is too. a Midnight Run. He plays an FBI guy. He's he's like fifth billing in that seventh. Billing, he looked know? awful though. He was clearly yeah, he was a Bond villain. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was a Bond villain in, in the first Roger Moore in a in a Live and Let Die. What does it matter to you <laughs> when you got a job to do? He dies. Yeah. I mean, that was like that movie. If you want to see racist, you got to pop on that. That movie is racist. I mean, it's like when they go to Harlem, it's that guy from the seven up commercials. Oh, that black guy. Oh, yeah. Like, he ended up looking there's a like a voodoo the- motif motif. In it. Jane Seymour is, is 19 years old. She's the woman. Like the he ended interest. up, dude. But. Yeah, what was his name? Yahoni, whatever the fuck. Yafit. Uh, Yafit. Yeah. Kato. Yeah, Yafit well, Kato. His high watermark, I think, is Alien. He's great in Alien. Well, yeah, he looked the best for sure for Autumn. So this is another thing too, and I'll close. This is my Justice League thought. Everyone's yeah. so hard on Scott Snyder because his movies or have Zack or Zack Snyder. Yeah, his movies are so like sad and dour, and yeah. he's always got fucking like fucking Morrissey songs playing over action <laughs> scenes. <laughs> But well, like, yeah, when is now? So, was, so in 2018, his daughter committed suicide. Ugh. And uh-uh. I would imagine she was pretty depressed leading up to that. Yeah. I, I don't think it was. It's been, it had been an easy so, childhood and, and teenage. Years. I would venture to say that this guy hasn't had the best decade and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so let's back off his balls about the tone of his movies. Yeah, no, I agree. And then DC yeah. basically realized that they were pieces of shit making him leave the set after his daughter committed suicide. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, we'll give you $90 million to make your cut of the movie. I think they need to give him just make let him make his two movies after this. You know, again, yeah, his daughter took her own oh, man. life. How'd she kill herself? Do you know? I don't know. Oof. Yeah, man, that that would be. I she think was only like twenty though, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, as a parent, ooh, as a parent, that's like a uh, you know your kid dying, having experienced that with my brother and his son dying. It's a it's a, it's a comedy show. You know, uh, there's an yeah. agent though that was just like. <laughs> Are you sure you want to totally leave the set? I love you know. how I made him Jewish. Exactly. That's totally, every agent I've met in Los Angeles has been a slick young black guy. I believe it. You know, I've only met agents. At, I've only met agents at Dave Hellum's black comedy show. Yeah, the whole. Uh, what was my point? I was going to make about that man. I was going to make that point. About uh, about this. Oh yeah, death, suicide, kid committing suicide. That's worse than worse than even a kid die. Kid dying in an accident, obviously horrible. You don't want to ever do that. But suicide. I think there would be so many unanswered questions. I think in a parent's mind. I think that would be a probably the worst thing to deal with. Probably the worst thing to deal with. You know. I love how you threw the probably in there just you know, to, just to know. give yourself a little leeway. But, but just I, I'm just trying to think. Would there be another example? I don't know. My worse? cousin. My cousin had his daughter fall out of a moving car oh god yeah you know yeah. baby 
Ooh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's why my, my brother. Lee Snyder got 20 years with yeah. old Autumn. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it doesn't matter what age you are. I, I think when you're in your 80s and you have a, a kid in their 60s and they die of a heart attack, which happens, I think it's still like a, this weird devil because it's just like so unnatural, obviously, that like, no, you procreated. And, and well, you know what they say, to go Crow, before them. A parent know? should never bury their child. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that, that's the theme of the Zack Snyder. <laughs> I thought that was an okay scene. I liked it. I mean, his acting yeah. was decent. Well, we covered about everything. I think that's the episode. You know, we did. Did you have fun? I had fun. Did you have fun? You know what I was happy about? Five people saying they did. I, I w- <laughs> They're the important five people, though. We got 40 solid listeners. Yeah, I, I, I got to share it more. I don't know why. Also, by the way, the camera that you're seeing the credits my- roll with bought with pay-per-view donations. We got a $50 donation by the wow. way this week wow that's a threshold that's a threshold yeah it's a threshold and now someone's got to top it you're gonna let someone fucking be the only 50 dollar donation out there <laughs> yeah you please. make the pay-per-view donation god what yeah what a nice thing to do Appreciate yeah it is that, nice you know <laughs> well with that crow you know, know what it's time for it's time for the to wrap it up the ending song here off the filter so it doesn't sound like shit exactly uh you got anything to plug you want to read your script while we end the show man no i i just it got distributed this past week for the for the, for the first time so we'll see what happens i'm i'm you know we'll see what happens yeah you know what a way to we'll see what happens <laughs> i think that should be the fucking the I way mean, to end every episode at this point i put my back and i'm gonna be curious to see if there's if it gets red and then if it does get read, what the feedback is. You got is. 20 seconds before I end. No. <laughs> so. All right. KeithPazel.com. Keith Pazel on all social media. Yep. We'll see you next week. Yep. Insecure we love comment. you. Bye.